Hey guys, welcome back to the Anime Collector and welcome back to the OCA Podcast. That's the Open Chest Anime Podcast with myself, the Anime Collector, and my co-host, Donjobo Agi. Hey there, and also with FDDNM. Low <laughs> bandwidth here. <laughs> back to you, Fudnam. <laughs> um, so first things first, uh, obviously we're starting a little early. Thank you guys for joining us, even though nobody's in the chat right now. Um, so... I have a couple things that are sort of important to bring up right at the beginning. So first of all, let me let me start by addressing um, over the last couple podcasts, I've been sort of telling you guys uh, about how we had a bit of a rocky financial situation over here. Uh, but um, luckily, uh, I just finished a job and it, like literally the day after uh, I got offered another job. So we're things are. Um, they look like for the podcast sake that they're going to be okay for at least another month uh, before things get rocky again. Um, and if, if, uh, if things hold up with the, um, uh, with the jobs uh, coming in, which usually the end of the year is actually my busy time anyway, um, we look like we might've averted the crisis. So that's good uh, on that end. Also, just so you guys know, we now have an audio only version of the podcast. Um, if you want it, it's, I would recommend sticking with this one. Um, but I'm just saying that I've, I've, uh, uploaded, hold on. I've uploaded our podcast to podcast.com and I have submitted it to iTunes as well. We're under review right now. So we've got an audio version of the podcast. Uh, and I bring this up specifically because if you are learning about the podcast through podcast.com, you should know that there are um, that there's a, a live version of the podcast that we stream to YouTube um, where you can actually see stuff. And um, I'm also bringing this up because I want you guys to know from now on that we're going to be describing some of the stuff we're showing a little bit more clearly so that if you are a audio version uh, only that um, you know you're not totally in the dark for a lot of, certain different things. Now, I also have to bring up that, um, you know, we we had good news and bad news. So uh, the bad news with the extra work and stuff coming in is that uh, I have less time for the podcast, right? Um, in terms of um, basically, for the most part, I'm losing two days every two weeks uh, to compiling articles and performing the podcast. Um, but I also lose extra time here and there um, watching the shows, right, uh, for the Watch Club. But um, last podcast, uh, we, I, I was a lot more selective with the articles so that we could get through the podcast quicker so that I could get back to work and everything. And uh, we got the podcast done in three and a half hours instead of five and a half hours. Right. Um, and that's, that's actually a good thing. I think long-term because it makes the podcast more approachable to people who might see it and think I can't five hours. That's too much. I'm not going to sit through that. You know what I mean? Um, so but the problem is that in order for us to maintain monetization on the channel, we need, um, so in February, they upped the threshold. You guys will remember um, where we needed a thousand subscribers, which we've got. We don't have to worry about that anymore. And 4,000 hours worth of watch time. That breaks down to 240,000 minutes of watch time every year, right? So, so in a 12 month period, um, if we dip below 240,000 minutes worth of watch time, 
um, we will probably automatically be removed from the YouTube partnership program, which means we'll have monetization taken away. Okay. Now, in order to get 240,000 minutes of watch time every year, we need 20,000 per month. And just in <laughs> having the last podcast be three hours instead of five hours, just doing that, we've already dipped below our threshold for this month. Um, now we have a little bit of a buffer um, because I, I think we had about an extra month worth, um, but I'm just saying that, uh, that down the line, as if we weren't already dealing with enough crap, this, this could become a problem. Um, so with that said, if we continue to do shorter and shorter podcasts, or if, if we just keep them, let's say at three and a half hours or so, um, what we're going to need to compensate for that is more regular viewers. And um, I know most of you guys are already doing everything you can to, to help spread the word, but I just wanted to put that out there because um, you know, now that the podcast is shorter uh, or, or that we're making an effort to try to get through it quicker uh, we are, it seems like we're able to um, provide a, a podcast that is more approachable, as I said. So anyway, I just want to keep you guys on, uh, on uh, up to date with what's going on there. So, uh, premier fan tickets for Anime Expo are still t TBA. Um, and uh, do you guys want to jump into pickups? Yeah, sure. Uh, who wants to go first? FDDNM. Hey, well, well my bag well, with this still existing, existing, not existing. Okay, so let's start off with my only manga pickup, which came the most recently. It's that watch club coming up, Arrow Manga Sensei, the manga, and then we got Collection 1 of Saint Seiya. Oh, cool. Another and, yeah, it matches my other red one. And then we have Hyoka, the complete series, which the cover might look a bit different for those watching the video podcast. And uh, that's because I reversed it because it has the redundant band yeah. in on the other side. But it does have a reversible cover, which doesn't have the band. So that's good for anyone who was concerned about that. Yeah, let me let me chime in before you go to your next one real quick. Um, sure. Haytham Spiegel was saying, uh, personally, I think the requirements aren't too bad. The amount of money made at the lower level makes monetization not that necessary. So I just want to address this as something I should have brought up uh, earlier, but I didn't. Um, that's true. The, the amount we're making month to month is really pretty insignificant. But the reason that I want to hold on to monetization isn't because I'm depending on the money. It's because I've watched, um, because I follow the, the um, team YouTube Twitter account, I see every single day people like uh, conversations back and forth between at team YouTube and YouTubers who, who have far surpassed the threshold and still aren't monetized. And if it had it for months and are asking like, when am I, when is this going to happen? And it, the same stock response every single time, our review process, blah, 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 blah. Right. And the reason I bring this up is because recently I saw somebody who had over 5,000 subscribers and get this 130,000 hours of watch time not minutes. You only need 4,000 hours. They had over 130,000 hours and they still weren't monetized. 
Okay. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because if we dip below that threshold, the chances of us getting monetized again, even if, even if literally in one day period, we dip below the threshold and immediately get back up there. If that happens, us getting monetization back will probably take longer than a year. Okay. So that's, that's why I'm trying to avoid losing monetization because the hassle that it will take to get it back is going to be so significant that at that point, I probably will never get it back. You know, it would be easier to just transition everybody to Patreon um, and start really pushing the Patreon for the channel instead. So, um, which one the subscribe to? Yeah, which which I would definitely appreciate because as we've established, uh, at this level, we're making um, you know a really insignificant amount of money per month, which over the course of the year is like. I mean, we're definitely. Uh, something I've been thinking about, which I'll get into when I do my pickups real quick um, in, in a second, rather, is that uh, I'm thinking about having posts on the Patreon that chronicle how in the red each video is in terms of this is what was spent to make this video. And this is so far how much, how much that video has made week to week. Um, because ideally, if I can just make back what was spent on it, then I'm I would be okay with that. You know, um, I'd like a little bit extra because, you know, there's other unquantifiable things like effort and whatnot, uh, you know, stuff I wouldn't even calculate, like the cost of gas going to the movie theater and all that stuff that it, that is compounded on top of it. But if I could just break even, that would be uh, a good step forward, let's say. So anyway, I'm going to let you go uh, back to your pickups, um, FD&M, and then I'll just do my next to, to finish up that thought. Okay. So then we... Hmm? No, Did we, you lock we in FDM? Yeah, he's. I've got it covered. <laughs> okay. So, Galaxy Angel Z or Z in my country was uh, recently announced. Well, not recently. It was a few months ago. And then I noticed on the Amazon that Amazon that there's a pre-order for the first season again. I don't know if there's any difference to it, but I did. Ooh, I got it. That one. That was Omi. Nozomi? Okay. Yeah, so I pre-ordered it, and yeah, I got it. Whatever. I don't it, it would think be cool if Nozomi did what um, what Sentai did with Higurashi, where they released the seasons, the individual seasons in Blu-ray, and then they had the complete seasons one through three um, as its own Blu-ray. It'd be cool if they did that with Galaxy I mean, Angel. that's like 100 episodes of Galaxy Angel, but oh, yeah, there's I don't a lot. want to do yeah. No, it would it would probably be more than a hundred um, if they were to get all the series. The only problem with that, uh, hey Danny, the only problem with that is that if they add even more shows down the line, it's going to throw off that complete collection uh, set. Like, you, oh yeah, that's, almost, that's the problem with all cl complete collections, right? So, uh, al although I don't know if they'll ever recover from Rune. <laughs> so we got. Um, I got this uh, Nazi P rendezvous simply because it was insanely cheap on the non-Sentai sale. It was cheaper than the Sentai sale on Amazon.ca for whatever reason. Because I'll see these deals for some anime that they just keep going lower and lower every day until they're 12 bucks. Yeah. And as soon as you buy it, it goes back up to full price. It's weird. Now, I... Uh, so for this series, Marmalade Boy, I only got the first two collections, and then I saw Discotech relicense it, and then I saw that there was an SD Blu-ray available, which, 
That Look how so much good. room is <laughs> I'm saving. And this is double the episodes. So that yeah. feels really good. And oh my god, I, I tested this out. I tested this out. And it looks fantastic. It's It looks like the first season of Sailor Moon that I tested. Except it's a SD Blu-ray, apparently. So I, I know we've we've been over this a, a million times, and I think we confirmed that it does. Does it have the commentary track? On this? Yeah. Uh, dub outtake, original TV debut promos, dub walla demo, the movie. Like, I was asking this uh, when I got it. I said, what is this missing, apparently? Or whatever. And, I don't know, it doesn't say commentary on there, but... It, they may have handled it with the dub outtakes, but there's actually on on the original ones there's a commentary that for whatever reason I don't it, it has no reason to be this funny, but it's hysterical. Like the uh, the people had a lot of fun in the recording session for it. Hmm. I hope it's on there. So then we got Stelvia. You have them on the, <laughs> the, the non-Stelvia. <laughs> yeah, on the cancer rays. So Stelvia, I was excited because A, it's in HD for the first time, and B, because I don't have to get that annoying tin that's confusing. And then we got Reborn, or Hitman, Kate Kyo Hitman Reborn on Steve Blu-ray, 100 episodes. Also, by the way, all these disco tectiles, I canceled my order on Amazon.ca because A, they never have them in stock day one, and B, it was somehow cheaper after import fees and conversion. I still haven't, speaking of which, I still haven't gotten uh, No Game, No Life, uh, that pre-order. Okay, because <laughs> I got mine. <laughs> and I ordered my. I had to reorder mine after it came out or whatever. So that's really the same weird. reason, probably. Yeah. Like then we got our favorite Nazis anime, uh, MMO Junkie. And I have a review written for that, but I still need to make that into a video and stuff. And then I got your favorite retro game Zillion, which you know, you know those lines that you talk, talked about how you're like, I appreciate the that. They're so hard to notice. You have to like look for them actively. Huh. That's too bad. Um, but yeah, um, it's, and it's a which is Tatsunoko. It's a nice HD Tatsunoko classic. And then we got Adventures of Mini Goddess, which is in a what is the this called again? Bailey uh, box. Bailey box. That's the only acceptable uh, show from that whole series. And then for some reason, it's completely clear on the back they didn't put any art or whatever. Yeah, that's how the, that's how the Bailey box works. I don't know. That just seems weird to me. Um, but this was brand. I got brand new somehow. Yeah. And that's so all I got for pickups. The reason the reason that I think that the back doesn't have any artwork is because um, to show by, the show or whatever. No, no. By the doing blend. it the way that they did, um, you don't need to. Let's see if I have one around here. Um, Make two pieces of paper to put in. Yeah, you can print. You can print it on one uh, image uh, in full. Yeah, so so if they wanted to have that other thing, they would have had to make it. They would have had to print on a bigger size, uh, and waste a lot more paper or a lot more uh, cardboard. So on to you. 
On to me. Okay. All right. Since you're done. So speaking of expenses towards um, towards videos, um, for my Gridman first impressions, which I wanted to have out by now, but um, work has sort of gotten in the way. Um, I bought the Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad uh, thing so that I could rip a high qual a higher quality version of the um, of the opening uh, because um, there's a part where Mr. Nice Guy talks specifically about it and it was beneficial to have and the YouTube uh, quality one was awful. Um, so I got that one and stupidly right after I bought that, um, because of the Gridman show airing on Crunchyroll, uh, the, uh, the new one, the new anime, um, somebody who already had this ripped theirs and uploaded a better quality version to the internet. So, um, it was literally like a day difference of when I ripped it and when it showed up on the internet in a better quality. So that's unfortunate. Um, but luckily, um... The first time when when I first sat down right after getting back from Anime Expo, to I looked up um, this set. This was like two hundred and fifty bucks on uh, on eBay, and the price dipped down. Like somebody recently, I guess because of uh, Gridman. Uh, yes, do I? I will. Um, when uh, uh, because of the the Gridman one, I guess somebody. I, I don't know what happened, but somebody decided to sell it for. Um, like 40 bucks or something. And, uh, I snatched it up. Uh, so I was very pleased about that. I, otherwise I would have, I would have not probably included the clip at all. Um, but anyway, so those are my pickups. Augie, I'm gonna let you go. Let who go? Amigo? Amigo? Yeah. Am I locked in amigo? Yes. <laughs> amigo, let me go. Okay. So first off, I got, let me, I got Yusubu on Blu-ray. Why do I have it on Blu-ray? Yep, I got it before. Why did I get it on Blu-ray? Like quite simply, my I enjoy the show. My friends did not. There is there is no dub. So because of them keep bashing it, I gave everyone this as a present. So ha! I also enjoyed that show. You live in this. um, You're just bathing in spite in your everyday life. I feel like. Yeah, maybe so. But the longer name for Yusibu, which is spelled Y-U-S-I-B-U, is I couldn't become a hero, so I reluctantly decided to get, decided a, job. To get, decided a, job. To get a job. Which, unlike a certain... Uh, magical Index. <laughs> magical Index, the problem with that one is the main character won't <laughs> shut up and punch the person. I prefer Railgun much more, but... Uh, Darn it, what's that one? It has the magical overlord and he decides to work at McDonald's. I'm used to way more of that. Devil's that, a part time. That right there. Yeah. That's it. So, up next, released by. Uh, previous was released by Sentai Filmworks. The next one was released by Anime Works or Media Blasters, and it's Earthion. Ooh, and if you're watching live, I spin it like uh, David Bowie hey, balls. Hey, Dewey, Duo, what do you think about uh, Augie's uh, purchase here? What is it? Which uh, Earthian? Which uh, they released Earthian <laughs> and also another show with a very, 
I have this one, but another show that uses like the same sort of type of style artwork. FDM, yeah. do you have the Weathering Continent? Never heard of it. Dude, we have to do that for a watch club. That is such an awesome little OVA. What's it called? Weathering Continent? The Weathering Continent. Yes. So regarding Earthian, is... uh, I'm going to cut it out of the video, but um, Duo and I actually went to uh, the five-hour Yuri on Ice thing, and uh, I brought up Earthian. It is a yaoi, and the scene... The scene's going to sneak up on you. Just Ooh. letting you know. Don't watch it with people around. <laughs> uh, so for what ANN Anime News Network has listed for uh, Anime Works catalog, I've completed everything except Bakuman, which might be showing up soon. I'm just waiting for it. You completed but it all. Next but up is... I thought you already Oh, I wish I completed it all. But up next is one released by Viz called Blood Lad. Ooh. This, to me, this one was kind of like a blend of uh, Blue Exorcist meets, probably overstating this, uh, Sola, Soul Eater. I thought the same thing with the Blue Exorcist comparison. Yeah, I hate Soul Eater. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, well, Blood next, Lad's good. Uh, yeah, let's go alphabetically. Let's prepare a salute and wave the flag from a Bandai release of Flag, volumes one through four. Whoa. Dude, two was so hard Showed for my me hand. to get. Really? I should have bought... I sh Why didn't you guys just buy the Anime Legends set? Because that one was even harder to get at the Are time. Are you serious? Because, I, because back in 2012, I didn't buy it when I should have, because that was a dumb idea. While it was like super cheap, I didn't do it. So I got so Brad, I got both of these for almost nothing like last year. Yeah, but that's freedom. Oh. You're right. the flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh from what I get from Flag, it's some sort of war series <laughs> animated by uh Anaplex. So this is technically an Anaplex Bandai release. Anaplex Bandai Entertainment specifically. There is an art box for that, though, Brad. So even Anime there Legends is. set. Yeah, but the the art box one has a, um, I think it has like a flip over satchel st type design where it comes over and it snaps on. I mean, yeah, but it's yeah. it's minimal. Yeah, well, it it really is just going to entirely depend on what's next to it in your collection. You know, I might get that in the future, at like an upgrade, but not right now. So it's time to dribble the ball, shoot some layups, and run some laps as we go through hoop days. Aww. Ooh. <laughs> I wish Dear Boy, well, also known as Dear Boys, Dear released Boys, by yeah. Bandai Entertainment. I, on a side note, I really wish Slam Duck would get a full release. It's kind of insulting, only getting like the first less than 20 episodes. The dubbed part. Uh, only season one, only part of that was dubbed. This one, I believe, is also dubbed. Let's see. The, yes, it's also dubbed in English. And it looks so early 2000s. It almost looks like it was animated by Boondocks, just looking at the back here. Talked about that before. The animation is so all over the place. 
There's like in every in every like other episode, there is one really dynamic shot that has to do with them actually playing basketball, and everything else suffers so bad. Uh, there, if you read up on the like the so, production of it, um, the uh, the series had like, I, I mean, like there's I, I'm surprised they even got all 26 episodes or whatever out. Like how bad the the production like nightmare on it was. I'm going by uh, Ice Shield when I say this. That kind of sounds like a norm for a sports anime like this. It's kind of Ice Shield like the winning shots. Sit, that, let me let me just say when you sit down and actually look at the uh, and you actually look at what I'm talking about in terms of how bad the animation is and stuff, it it will blow your comparison to Ice Shield completely out of the water. You'll be like, oh my god, this oh, is. Wow. <laughs> All right, so technically I have partially completed this. I'm only lacking one DVD volume, which requires me to get another set. But finally, I got Blood Plus Volume 2. Okay, so can you open that and look at the surface of the uh, DVDs? Did I ever show this on camera? I don't think I, I, think I, I you said did. Picture. Right. I showed you guys a I know, picture of it. I know this much. It looks, uh, if you open the box, it looks like a. It's crimson red with white with silver lettering, but it, we opened the top of it off. It really does look like a surf, like a fuse for a car, just Mondo size. If I turn it upside down, it's like the old Circuit City logo as well. What oh, amazes me is you have all these thin stuff with barely any, like a lot of room left over, as yeah. if the CD or some sort of there shirt was, was supposed to come with there it. There was. There was a shirt. Yeah. So I bought mine brand new from uh, Fry's, and uh, there's a a problem with the um, what's this link you're sending me? The flag, volume two. Oh, cool. Oh. Oh, because it's currently unavailable. It's been like that ever since I was looking for it. Okay. Um, okay, so when I so this is what it's supposed to look like, by the way. Okay. Right? So I opened it back in the. I, I never actually sat down and watched it, but I opened it back in the day. And um, first of all, I, I I really considered including this in my bootleg series, um, not as a bootleg, but as comparison to something that is legitimate. How friggin' awful uh, the covers look! They're literally screen grabs from the show. They're not oh, yeah, vectored artwork or anything. They look terrible. But uh, for the actual disc, uh, let's see. This one's fine. I think it's I think it's the next, the middle one here. Um, so there's five discs uh, for this set, Augie. Uh, you had asked me about it. Oh, maybe right. it's not this one. Well, I was asking about the first one. I'm still missing a okay. disc and have to get the first black box set for some stupid reason. You know, maybe it is the first box set that has the the part that I'm talking about. First box set used right? to be like crazy hard to get. Um, yeah. let me see. I think it was the second one though because I I think I don't consider them hard to get they're just expensive in my opinion like i, I don't whenever i don't consider them rare if you yeah it's the first one huh well back when it was rare. when i, I was looking for 
it was like 800 bucks for the cheapest one, I guess. Well, if you want to talk about rare and finding stuff, I have no issue with that. Well, I'll say this. Um, this is a Sony release. And this yep. was the first thing that came to mind when they bought uh, or when they got majority stock in Funimation. Funimation. Because uh, they did such a bad job on this release that um, I wondered if it was going to uh, carry over to Funimation. So let me let me just pull this out real quick. Uh, Augie, you don't have this one, I assume? Not yet. One? Okay. So I guess we won't be able to compare it. But I'll, since... since We've, we're talking about it. I mean, I can grab mine, but I feel like it's all right. Uh, your your camera is so low quality right now that it, it wouldn't. It's not on out. though. Okay. Look at the Ugh. surface. Ugh. Wait, that's like how you received it. This is how I received it. Yeah, Brand I new? think that's the polish. I think that I think yeah. that the the machine. Um, so when a when a disc is replicated, there's a polishing process where a solution is sprayed on. I think that the solution, like they they ran out of the solution and it sputtered out on it, and there wasn't enough when it went through the polishing. Uh, when it went through the actual polishing, there wasn't enough to actually uh, um, to polish it. So uh, they're they're unreadable. You can't. I can't watch them because of that. So actually, wait a minute. Um, maybe I never actually watched it on here. Um, this is episodes one through ten. I had a bootleg of this before it came out um, for Sony's release because it was around the time when that was still something that I was getting. So I may have never noticed it uh, until recently because I actually had uh, I had gotten to episode thirteen on the bootleg and I might have just jumped in past that point. But yeah, some of them are just like they they look crystallized almost. Um, let me see. One of them was just awful. Might, I think it actually was disc one, though. Let me just see. But yeah, the, the disc, the first set uh, looks a lot better in terms of the artwork on it. It doesn't look like a screen grab. Oh, there it is. Ugh. It's like Disgusting, it's, right? Looks like you just washed a muddy plate or something with it. Yeah. It, it almost looks like it, it's like rotting. Like it has like spores on it or something. It's like it got a tattoo <laughs> somewhere. It's like a um, a petri dish uh, harvesting some sort of disgusting uh, thing, and like this is what I mean when I say that it, it looks like it went through the polishing process without enough polish. You see what I mean? Because like there's swerving, like yeah. swirls and yeah. stuff on it. I don't know what happened, but um, but it's pretty gross, <laughs> you know. Anyway, um, I, I shared that yeah, image on uh, on the Facebook page a while ago. And I never actually, it did, it didn't come up very well. Like it, it, you couldn't barely see it on the actual image. So I thought I would just share that. You on the official pod. Only, I mean, if you're an audio only viewer, then uh, yeah. sorry about that. <laughs> uh, via a conversation we had in the earlier podcast that came up again. So up next, I finally got volume one of Gregory Horror Show. It sucks. I finally got volume two of Gregory Horror Show. It sucks. And I finally got volume three of Gregory Horror Show, which this is the one you need to get. It's the only this, good one out of the bunch. Gregory, Greg, okay, I will agree that the third volume is the best one, but that show doesn't suck. It's got its charm. If it wasn't for that... scene on Junk Alley? Not yet. I, I feel like I'm the only collector who actually owns that. <laughs> Well, wasn't that like a Mexican-made one? Uh, no, I don't think so. Or a Vietnam. 
it's full CG, but it's like it's it's a very bizarre Funimation release where it almost feels like they gave it to their B team when they were producing it. Uh, also with uh, Gregory Horror Show, apparently this has like its own card uh, card game. I'm not sure if it's playing cards or specific or Pacific game for it. And it also has a PlayStation 2 game that you can play in English right. if you have Region 2 or PAL. Actually, but just up next, so you know, if you have a PlayStation 2, um, you can uh, take it apart and there's a little gear in there. You can, um, I, I watched them do this on um, X-Play with Adam Sessler back in the day. They, they took a, a Sharpie. They marked on the gear where it was, uh, uh, against the peg and then if you turn it you you actually change the region by doing that and uh at a certain point you can actually make your ps2 region free so little tip there um if you wanted to try that that's very cool so yeah. up next we have volume one two three no lithographs four five six seven Eight volumes of Beautiful Joe. And if you and can the believe series it, it's not is even, not complete. Not even the whole thing. <laughs> Only lacks two two more DVDs and it would have been done. All yeah. of it was dubbed. It premiered on in the US, it premiered on Kids WB and it just stopped at eight. Which was a mistake. <laughs> I was about to say, was it all dubbed? Uh yeah. I, I believe, believe it was. Um, and the uh, the reason it was a mistake to be on Kids WB is there's a um, there's a a robot or whatever or a a vehicle called Six Machine, like the number six that they had to oh, change God. because because intentionally it was supposed to sound like Sex Machine. So it's not next. really a good show either. <laughs> yeah. So up next is one that I believe you two probably don't have, which is a. Uh, Shonen on my Yuji. Shonen on Miyuji. On Miyuji? Yep. I want the art box for that. This art box? Yes. Which has one volume yeah. in it because somebody gave it to me for free with something else I bought. Now, I have some complaints. This is the one that I got from AWA. There's marks on the bottom. There's a big dash at the top. I'm not really satisfied with the quality and like I'll the take reseller it off said. Like yeah. the reseller said, if you want to get a better one, you need to get a second copy. So huh, sure. And you know what I hate? People saying that you have one copy, then they brag that they have a second copy of something. Ooh. Boom. And your point. <laughs> and my point is I got a better one cheaper, which makes me look like the fool because I bought a bad one for more. The the worst thing about about collecting is when you when you rebuy something because the first one had an issue and the second one also has an issue but it's a different issue but you can't like combine them combine into a perfect them. copy. <laughs> I'll buy that yes. uh, crappier version off you. Are are you done with um? I'm done, done with pickups, but I am almost done with Bandai Entertainment and Genion slash Pioneers catalog. Okay. In that so, case, let us jump into articles. 
how are my five Squid Girl premium sets? Uh, I sent them all back. I finally got one um, that was still shrink-wrapped and not damaged. Okay, so let us start by talking about um, Kickstarter news. Come on, there we go, shit. So, let's dub all of Emma a Victorian romance anime TV series. Um, was that always what it was called, or did they change it after they uh, got past season one's uh, threshold? Uh, oh, you mean on the Kickstarter? I don't yeah. know. I know its full name is that, I think. Okay. Well, um, they reached their goal, and then... In the final hour, like doubled <laughs> where they were at. <laughs> so I think what happened was the pledge for season one didn't include season two when you uh, when they reached it. the stretch goal. So I think what happened is everybody who had pledged for season one had to up their goal. Their, their pledge, I mean, to to get season two. And the cheapest option um, for the season two one is this one, the House Made Deluxe 2, although I don't know that you can change it after the fact now, now that the campaign's over. Um, but uh, so I think that that's why there was such a significant jump as soon as they got the season two stretch goal met because they were, um, uh, there, there were all these people who upped from like the ninety dollar tier, or whatever, to the hundred and fifty dollar tier. So, anyway, it's good to see that they're getting the whole the whole thing out here, and we're getting five point one surround, um, which is nice. Now, AC, me and you talked about this. I mentioned that it felt like that they didn't want to include an all tracks version, but more upgrade the, the Animax art box. Right. Right. Yeah. Just to clarify for right. people, the Animax dub. Uh, it kind of felt like the later tiers that we're about to look at, which the tier that was met, the ultimate tier that was met, was getting everything five point one English quality, which should yeah. be something that should be included. But I mean, it does it cost quite a bit more. To... It, was, it kind of felt after that stretch. After that point, the stretch goal was to advance the. The art book, art book rather than much rather as possible. Than, yeah. Which I'm kind of. I don't know. They did get gilded edges. Or did they wait? Or did, was it here? I think there were like le just under a thousand left to get to. Oh no, they were a couple thousand off. Okay. So they got to 250,000, which was the uh, foil debossing, which I think is called UV spotting. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. They got the faux leather cover. Ugh. I didn't, you know, I don't, why am I, why do I even care? I don't think my tier came with that, <laughs> with the art book. <laughs> you have to add like $60 or if you're outside the U.S., $80 to your, uh, pledge in order. Then they'll send an email, uh, email asking if you wanted the art book or not. Then you say yes or no. That was uh, for the art book? For I those, thought that was season two. <laughs> Oh, they use Print Ninja, really? I've looked into Print for those Ninja of you for my business. For those of you listening and watching, have they released the 
Aria art books yet? Because I don't, I haven't opened my box to find out if it's included or not. Um, I opened my box on stream and they didn't have an art book in there. I don't think. Okay. Print Ninja, real quick. Um, I believe is the one that uh, Media Blaster or uh, Animago used for um, for their uh, writing being thing. I remember. I remember looking through and like when I was trying to find solutions for for my company. I remember finding. Uh, Maybe it wasn't Print Ninja, but anyway, I remember coming across images that were of the uh, the one from that campaign. So, um, I, th I maybe uh, anyway, it's it's unimportant, but um, they're using Print Ninja. Yeah, yeah okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, back to the uh, dub. Um, my conclusion was that. Uh, they weren't interested in getting the Animax dub because the entire point was let's dub it. Right. Yeah. So um, it, if it just seems kind of dumb to, to include both tracks at that point or, or like it's counterproductive. Like what if, what if they go to all the trouble of creating this dub and people don't like it as much as the Animax dub that they also provide, you know? So, yeah. um, that that seemed logical to me. The other thing was, I totally just lost my train of thought. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. Um, first of all, what are your speculations of what um, their next one will be? Hmm. I'll just grab have, a quick list. <laughs> I have three on the top of my head. One would be my number one would be Gawking Alice. Um. My two, which I highly doubt, will be I summon you a Zazelson. <laughs> and three, I have to look that up again. Okay, uh, I actually do have one that I was literally thinking about a couple of days ago. The third, Girl with the Blue Eye. Has that gotten a dub already, oh, I thought he was going to say... Uh, been dubbed for a while, I think. Yeah, so I don't think they're... I think that they're going to focus on getting stuff dubbed right now. That So oh, okay. I think that you could limit... Personally, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. But personally, I think that they're going to limit the... They're going to... You could narrow down the list by looking for things that they had originally released as um, as sub-only. Okay, okay. Hmm. I thought you was going to say Sound of the Sky with those mechanical owls. Hoot hoot. You mean from Clash of the Titans? Uh, I think so. Still need to watch that one. In the they, I did they get the actual prop from the original Clash of the Titans movie? In the, I think they did. There's a part where Sam Worthington picks it up in the in the remake. Ooh, ooh, Maybe. Space Adventure Cobra would be the perfect thing for them to uh, to I do. They, I, don't I don't think they, they have the license anymore, though. Yeah, I was about to say. Um, what about uh, Cat Eye? Uh, Cat's Eye. Do they have uh, the license for that still? They still have Cat's Eye. That was my number Ooh. three. Oh no, they just lost the the license for Rosa Versailles, didn't they? Yep. Right. Unless they're gonna bring it back. Dirty Pair already oh. has a dub. Uh... Not for the TV, I don't think. 
Yeah, right. Uh, God, I, I do not want it to be Gasaraki because I don't want to own a third box out of that. That's dub though, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just saying I don't I don't want to have to own another copy of that because I have the Paul Champagne art box and the original art box right next to each other, and they're a huge freaking pain when I when I have to move stuff around in my collection. Um, Magic that has a dub. Oh, Maria watches over us. Did was Nozomi? I thought that. Uh, um, well, I'm thinking of Maria Hall. It's uh, made in Japan. Okay. Yeah. So. Wow, that's some good proportions on those eyes. Hey, which of these characters does drugs? <laughs> good question. Sub -only. Yeah, so they were sub only back then, but yeah, like we said, it's probably not gonna. Um, um, wasn't there? Right wasn't there another Please series? There was Please Teacher, Please, Please Twins, and then there was another one. Wasn't there like a? Uh, it's waiting in. I'll be w still waiting in summer. Is a spiritual si uh, sequel or in a parallel story? Because you do hear the I think teacher I think I'm thinking of the OVA in that show. For Police Twins. Okay, anyway, last. Martian, that already has a dub. I don't know about Rental Magica. Utena's got a dub. Yeah, honestly, Rose of Versailles was their best uh, option. But you know what's weird one. here is that is that when I look through Nozomi, um, neither of the two things they already did. Emma's not on here. Neither is um, Aria. He's unlucky oh, no, when you right stuff. Yeah, I, I would need to look at. Yeah, that's what I was saying. So uh, wait, right stuff. That's true. Right. So let me you click, can on bring, uh, click on what's that. Yamamoto Yoko, the full series over here. <laughs> well, yeah, I I think it would be ideal for them to do cat's eye, uh, or or that's wishful thinking. But it would be nice if they would do that. I should say. Um, so cat's eye would be a good one, uh, in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> what about? Got to make sure I don't accidentally click on the adult titles. Um, they've um, already expired the Flint Time Detective one. I mean, dubbing Galaxy Angel Rune, if they still, if if they have, they don't have that. Why do I, why did I think that? Well, Galaxy Angel Z, because you, you, just, you just talked about that. That was the, the one that was released by Nozomi. Uh, so yeah, you were saying Gaku and Alice, uh, Augie? Yes. Uh, Gigantor TV, God Mars, uh, see. God Mars is now uh, Discotech Media. Disco right. Finally. Peter 10, there's another one. That would do <laughs> really well Junjo with the dub. Junjo Romantica didn't have a dub, did it? No. Uh, I don't want to look. I have a feeling they would have a harder time getting this <laughs> Yeah, it says sub. Well, actually, DVD one through three might have a. Well, we could just go through here. Yeah, no, they don't have a cast. English cast. I, I, I don't know about that because there's quite the fan base for Yaoi. It's I know. Just, there's no I know. I, it's just that it, it narrows it down to whereas people who like Yaoi tend to also like other anime as well. Like the overlap is bigger than people who would. Let's say that you would only get a fraction of the people who backed Emma and Arya to actually back uh, that. Although it is something they could do, I'm just saying. Um, that sounds like a. Never mind. Oh uh, yeah, um, Reese is correct. They just put out the the um, the Blu-ray for Junjo though. 
Uh, let's see. I'm just curious. What else they have here that would make a good... Something tells me if they still have the license to it, they'll eventually do a Blu-ray for Ninja Nonsense. It's already I don't know. for one. Oh, is it? Remember okay. that video you yeah, shot for me nonsense. where you said, it says it's in stock. Yeah. <laughs> that video for that series that was not only ridiculously late, but has not had another installment since. <laughs> Sweet Blue Flowers would be pretty good. Did Princess Nine get a dub? Is it yes. Princess Nine or Princess Nina? I always, I always get this one screwed up. I don't know. It What's was first released one? by Alien ADD Films. Alien Nina or whatever. Alien, Alien Nine. Alien Nine it is Alien Nine. Okay. The Rental Magica. Oh, Restaurante Paradiso. This didn't have a dub, did it? No, I don't think so. Oh. Yeah, this would be. Uh, this is probably too new. They could probably squeeze a couple more. Oh no, 2012? Okay, maybe not. This might be a good uh this might be a good candidate. Uh, uh oh yeah, J thank you, Reese. Uh Junjo are is getting a Blu-ray release right now. So yeah, I, I, three, I, I, I just read that um out loud a second ago. Sketchbook full of colors is also um sub only, isn't it? So this would be another so. another candidate. How old is this one? 2015. I would think that they would go for something like this that they're about to lose. Or or that they're closer to losing, I should say. Not that they're about to lose. Um, Tortera, I'm, I'm not sure if all that was dubbed or not. Tortera, the TV series was Bondi Entertainment, right? Correct. Yeah. And they only have the movie. Oh. What if they dubbed of Super Gals? That'd be nice. That would oh, yeah, be the biggest slap. Japan. That would be the biggest slap to my face. Trying to have to buy that show again. <laughs> well, the thing is, they could also do kickstarts for shows they don't have the license for yet. Uh, well, I don't. I they would definitely have to get the license to do the Kickstarter. I think. Well, it could it could be something like a skip beat situation where it's like, yeah, we want it to have a dub, otherwise we don't want you to license it or whatever. Too hard. Who knows? Interesting. That. But I'm not okay. sure how that Thanks. license would be split. Um. Okay, so these are the ones I think are are a good candidate. This one was released in 2016, the most recent one. Describe what one is. Uh, Gaku and Alice, which was released originally in 2009, but most recently in 2016. So probably not a good candidate. Uh, Ristorante Paradiso, uh, which originally came out in 2012. I think this is actually one of the best candidates for it. Um, and then Sketchbook Full of Colors is, was released. Uh, Sketchbook Full Colors. That is the weirdest way to spell this. Why is that a capital S? And why is it why is it ownership? Why is there an apostrophe in there? Anyway, um, those so, could be black uh, and white. That doesn't. Then it would be an adjective, not not ownership. It's like the color owns the sketchbook. Anyway, um, so uh, this one was from 2015, so I, I don't think that's going to be likely candidate this one's too new too i think oh maybe not actually not oh, well, if you look at aria that was like 2004 yeah i know 
So that's why I'm, that's why I'm saying that these ones aren't aren't a good candidate. This is this would be awesome, but I don't think they have the rights to it anymore. And it also, um, uh, I'm pretty sure really Man Japan Sentai would pick that up after it yeah, stars. Referring referring to Space Adventure Cobra for audio only people. Uh, uh, super. I remember that pattern. they had a pod. Oh, they just re-released that in 2016, so it's probably not going to be it. There's a there's a rumor what? There was a rumor that uh, when. Right stuff. Nozomi release space adventure cobra. Uh, space adventure cobra. It didn't sell well, which now uh, which I, seems I don't know if I should believe me. that or not because that also in that also uh, helped drive Sentai Filmworks to release the newer Cobra series as well. So yeah. I don't know. Some unannounced as of yet license. Says Reese. I don't know. I don't know what you mean by that. Um, maybe he's so saying two heart. Good. I was just gonna say maybe it's just his guesses. Oh, some unannounced license. Yeah. Um. That assuming assuming from that, the comments. Right. Assuming that they go uh, forward with that. Um. It, it. Judging based on their previous patterns, it seems like they're more likely to try to dub something that they originally had. Um, Two Heart already had a dub, but it is from 2007, so maybe a, a Blu-ray uh, could be coming. I don't know. Uh, probably less likely. Uh, Yakitate okay, Japan was from then. 2015. So, so that, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna, yes. yeah, I'm gonna say that uh, on my end, I think it's probably gonna. It, Based on the pattern we've seen so far, I think this one, uh, Ristorante Paradiso, is going to be the uh, the most likely candidate. I don't know if they Based put on... money behind that, though, because I haven't really oh, heard about it. <laughs> I'm just saying that it, it seems like it would be a good candidate for it following the trend. Um, and also wishful thinking on my end that I'd like them to do it. But uh, we'll see. Anyway, um, most likely they'll they'll... We could we could extend this search by looking at what has Blu-ray releases in Japan, and that will probably greatly illuminate what what they're likely to get. But um, I think that they're all of the Blu-rays that they've done for Kickstarter have been upscales that they've done themselves. Okay. You know, no, I, I hate the idea of upscaling. I really do. It because... sounds bad, but you have you haven't seen Skip Beat, dude. Uh, I have watched Skip Beat actually, but um, you've watched but the Blu-ray. Um, let me let me just uh, say that I my first job out of uh, out of college, I worked for an architectural um, development company for um, like architectural pre-visualization, so that companies would pay to get a 3D render made to make a decision before moving forward on actual construction and then hating what they did and having to tear it all down and spend more money kind of thing. Um, and uh, my, the head of the department I was in, we would bill people for renders at a certain size. We would literally render them half size and, and scale them up. And the reason we did that quote was because it's more realistic to have a little blur. So that's, that's why I don't like upscaling it. Because uh, I, I feel like it, uh, like why wouldn't you just give me the DVD? Because the TV is gonna scale it up to fit the, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, okay. last like comment said, on the Kickstarter. Good. Last comment on, or my last comment on this Kickstarter potentials out of the candidates that we looked at. So far, right stuff has been 
Right Stuff is, has enjoyed getting something with multiple seasons. Like with Aria, that technically had like four seasons. Four. Then they that was able to even get the extra stuff that wasn't available from before. Emma, mm-hmm. technically it's two seasons, but I was able to go through with the bonus zero episode, which that should have been included with season one anyway. Yeah. Okay. Country so, roads. Uh, hold on. I got to put this back in order now. Um, I was going to say something about the, that doesn't matter. Anyway. Um, so in other crowdfunding slash uh, Kickstarter type news. I saw this today on Anime Herald. I'm not going to vouch for this uh, GoFundMe. I I haven't had time to look into it in the guy's situation, but I'm just reporting the news here. There's a GoFundMe launched for a homeless voice actor, George Manley. Um, Okay. Well, first of all, can I just say that this guy's face, I I didn't notice this until just now. He looks like a really heavy set Daryl Dixon from Walking Dead. I don't watch Walking Dead. I don't know what you're talking about. The guy from the new Kojima game. Uh, that? Death Stranding or whatever it's called. Frickin' uh, Del Toro, whatever his name is. <laughs> Not Benicio Del Toro. <laughs> what is the guy's name? Um, he was in Blade 2. Wait, Norman Reedus? Norman Reedus, yeah. Emily? Looks, this guy looks like a really heavy set okay. Norman Reedus. Okay, I see what you mean. Anyway, um... So basically it says on September 27th, English dub actor uh, George Manley announced on Facebook that he is homeless. I've been homeless since July 17th. Damn, you waited a long time to mention it. He stated, I've seen my birthday come and go uh, from inside of a VA hospital. Okay, so first of all, (laughs) fix the VA. (laughs) Uh, Get on that, Trump. Uh, And now I will be setting my head down at a shelter slash wellness program. Help George survive homelessness. Manly explains that Social Security pulled out on him in March. Okay, yeah. So this is a tragedy. <laughs> this is the this is how we take care of veterans in the in the U.S. <laughs> um, now this having having read it now, I actually feel really bad for this guy. Uh, let's see. Filing for two April, like everyone else, but I got your. The information is over. Wow, that sucks, man. So, anyway, yeah, I just wanted to bring this up. Um, I want to look into this more. Uh, it literally popped up on my feed today, so I, I haven't had a chance to really. Uh, well, um, my my impression on it is that voice acting is a gig that isn't like you make a living off of it. It's something yeah. you supplement your your daily job or whatever with for clarification he is not just a voice actor he's also an adr um director adr scripting and stuff so so here's his uh anime news network uh, page here um so in terms of actual characters that he's played he played the president of the united states in canada <laughs> um uh he seems to do like bit parts like train employee and devil may cry captain a and darker than black yeah i don't uh, say mc uh so but i think that's because his main stuff is probably in the adr department and he just uh rather it seems like it seems like the actual voice acting that he does is um well this is a minor character he's not a big uh 
a big part. Let me just jump in there and do it right now. You know, kind of thing. Like it wouldn't be worth it for this one line to hire somebody else. So since I'm here writing the script right now, let's just jump in the room and do it. I love how they refer to him as the voice actor though. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think that that was a strategic, um, Way to get sympathy or something. You say ADR director, people are like, I don't give a shit about ADR. Like they don't, (laughs) people don't fully understand, you know, kind of the, the stuff. So anyway, all right. So there's, there's that news. All right. So in terms of convention news, Denpa, which is the new, uh, the new manga. manga. Um, Denpa brings range Murata and Hiroyuki Asada to anime uh, NYC. So that's basically uh, all for this article. I just wanted to mention that if you're in New York and you wanted to go meet range Murata. Moving on to the next topic. Uh, Senor Fluffy says, no idea why, but I'm now thinking about the that one anime about trains in space with lasers. I'm assuming you mean Galaxy Railways or um, Galaxy Express 3.9? Or you may, me, you may mean Shinkalion, the, uh, the Japanese only uh, one about the Shinkansen trains. I don't know. I haven't watched that one. Anyway, High Dive launches an Xbox One app. That's awesome. So, um, so Sentai streaming service is going to be coming to uh, to consoles, to gaming consoles. Soon. Yeah, High Dive. I was holding off on actually watching anything on it because I was waiting for the console apps that they were promising. And now that they've released yeah. this, I can start watching it. So that's awesome. On my team. I don't think Night on the Galactic Railroad has lasers, Reese. <laughs> uh, what about Interstellar Four Five? Okay, we we've, we've gone. First of all, no, that doesn't have trains. <laughs> Second of all, we've already established it was it was Galaxy Railways slash Galaxy Express. <laughs> anyway, Saint Young Men episode one is now free to watch on YouTube. So we talked about this in the last podcast. This is the uh, Jesus the show anime. with with the, it's based on the manga where Buddha and uh, and Jesus um, just hang out and talk or whatever. So. Wow, there's a lot of merchandise for this brand new live action thing already. How weird would that be having these live action people on your uh, freaking acrylic keychain thing? Yeah, this, this seems a little weird. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Mm. Um, well, it's been so it's, popular for quite a long time. Yeah, Not well, the live uh, action, but the animated. Yeah, or the yeah, the manga. Is there an animated version of it too? There's an animated. There is, it's I probably think a it's short. Okay. Yeah, it's probably like. Um, one of those really lazily animated things, like those four-panel comics that get animated, like uh, gag manga biori type animation. Maybe I don't. I'm not sure. Anyway, I was gonna say uh, later on in this podcast about how um, um, about how in America a lot of the cartoons that were made were made specifically to sell toys, right? So they would go into syndication and they would be on TV, but the main purpose was, oh, we want to sell the toy line, right? Uh, in Japan, I mean, all bets are off. You could sell anything <laughs> with this stuff, as we've talked about in the past. And there's going to be some crazy stuff we're going to go over this podcast. So anyway, uh, moving on. Streaming news continues. Sony's Funimation ends anime licensing pact with Crunchyroll. Okay, so a little bit further detail on this. I believe... Basically, Funimation's out and Sentai is in. So I guess High Dive is, is now oh, yeah, connecting. For Verve. Yeah, with Verve, VRV, Verve. Yeah. So um, what? 
so they put a picture here of uh, My Hero Academia, and that does seem like the if if as this sounds, if they do leave Crunchyroll um, and they take a bunch of shows with them, rather than let the shows that currently are there continue to be there, and then just any future license doesn't go there. Um, if they take My Hero Academia, it's like the one thing that's going to get people to. Uh, Switch if to they Funimation. if they were using Crunchyroll to then switch to um, Funimation now, well, as right. someone who has experience with both platforms, the thing is Crunchyroll and Funimation used to separately have their own streams for My Hero Academia and Attack on Titan, those big ones, and like it was no problem. Both of them had a copy essentially, but with this, it I'm not sure if one of their comments made it sound like it is going to take with them My Hero Academia and stuff, but that doesn't sound like consistent with what they did before. So that's a bit concerning, but they are saying that they're trying to go more global Funimation, mm -hmm. so that's at least a plus, so then they could be a, a lot more competitive with Crunchyroll. Yeah, and I, on the one hand, so this will be uncomfortable at the beginning, but um, I think what's going to happen long term is that Right now, that's like, okay, I pay this much for a streaming service, right? And then it's like, oh, and then I also need this streaming service. And now I need this one, this one, this one, this one, right? And it's like, I, at a certain point, you're only going to get one or two, right? You're not going to pay for Netflix and Crunchyroll and Funimation and High Dive and whatever, right? But right. Um, over time, the pricing will probably go down at least slightly. Well, that's the um, thing about Verve is that you you pay one fee for like four different things. So you get high dive and crunch roll, but that's only mm -hmm. for the States. So doesn't, right, but, but yeah. um, I'm just saying that uh, this is probably like, we'll see over the course of the, the, the coming podcasts, uh, we will see that this is probably going to get affected uh, in some way, um, but it will probably balance out for the better in the long run. And it's also going to force crunch. Roll to, to address a lot of their problems with their, that they've sort of pretended to address like their HTML five stuff and all that. But um, uh, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Anyway, continuing. I kind of find it, kind of find it funny that Funimation leaves VRV. Sentai got tired. Of, it felt like Sentai kind of got tired of Crunchyroll. So they did their own streaming service and now they're part of VRV right now. Well, Sentai had Anime Network for the longest time, so I wouldn't right. say that they got sick of Crunchyroll. I watched Maybe. so much shit on the Anime Network back in the mid two thousands. Yeah, my wife so, had it um, as a it was an on demand anime service on TV. Um, anyway, so con continuing in this same vein, Funimation is going to be streaming the simul dub for a certain Magical Index uh, season three. Yes. Also. Crunchyroll will also be streaming it. So who knows what's going on with this new Well, this is back to what it was like before. They yeah. just have their separate independent licenses, except Funimation can also have the sub on their site as well, I guess is the difference. I mean, they have, just, they do have yeah. hybrid options. Yeah. Um, It, I, I really don't think... So we, I was just describing the fact that competition is usually a good thing in the market, and it's probably going to improve these services and stuff. 
One thing that, that could also happen, but it's probably unlikely, is that more people start actually buying stuff. <laughs> that would be nice. Um, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, continuing on. Uh, so we're into theater release news here. So My Hero Academia, two heroes um, movie, ended their theatrical run with $5.7 million coming in for, um, for the U.S. market. Now, this has made it the number 10 highest grossing domestic anime film of all time. And I, I want to point something out here. Number 10 highest grossing domestic anime film of all time. This thing had a pretty limited release. Okay? So, um, the film unseated Hayao Miyazaki's The Wind Rises for the ranking. The Wind Rises earned $5,209,580 at 496 theaters, while My Hero Academia 2 Heroes screened at 556 theaters. I think this is misleading because, yes, My Hero Academia technically screened at more theaters, but I think uh, The Wind Rises was in theaters longer. I'm not so sure because it's like every single anime that comes he, comes to the West is limited theatrical run. No, Cowboy Bebop, when, when the Cowboy Bebop movie was in there, I remember it being um, for like, I remember seeing trailers. Say, trailers uh, um, something. In theaters, um, I think that was in, in theaters for. I know, cut it when you started like saying Cowboy Bebop. So Cowboy Bebop the movie was in uh, was in theaters, and I remember that having um, a decent run at least like a month or so, I think. Um, I, I saw Howl's Moving Castle in theaters. I think that was in for at least a couple weeks. I'm just saying that with uh, My Hero Academia, it was only in the theaters for like 14 days or something. Um, that's a couple that weeks with, as well. <laughs> yeah, that's two weeks. It was only in the theaters for a, um, a couple days, and it, and it only had one screening per each day. That's the thing. is I, I'm pretty sure, um, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that when I saw Howl's Moving Castle in theaters, or like Spirited Away, or My Neighbor Totoro, or anything, which by the way, I'm pretty sure My Neighbor Totoro had a pretty wide release, because I also saw that in theaters when I was way, way, way younger. Um, but... Uh, um, I, so, so this one had a screening on like literally one time. I would think it was 7 PM for all these days on September 25th, 26th, 27th, not the 28th, 29th and October 2nd, right? Then they added a couple more, um, afterward, um, for, uh, October 4th and 6th, right? So, and Reese is saying, I I'm cutting out a lot. I thought it was, yes. uh, shoot. I thought it was your end. Wasn't this wasn't this movie supposed to be released this February? No, or that's when the, the, the Blu-ray the Blu-ray in Japan comes out in February. Okay. I know that because I'm waiting for that to come out so I can get footage to edit my first impressions video with. Anyway, so I, I think that it, I'd have to look at the data a little bit closer and I, I don't care enough to actually do this, but I'm just saying that I think that I think that it reaching number 10 is I think it would have gotten way higher had it had the same release. It, I don't think it would be your name. Your name is another example of one that had a much longer release, right? Um, there were multiple when I went to see that there were multiple options for me regarding what time of day and where and, and dub or sub and all that stuff on at each given day. Right. That was a much wider release. Okay. Um, but that made like 180 million. So, or 150 million or something like that. So, um, okay. So yeah, Reese says they added multiple shows for each day. There was a showing on Saturday here that had four shows 
three of which sold out. Was that that was for the for when they brought it back though, right? For the October fourth and sixth. Anyway, in my area, all they had was seven p.m. every single day um, that that it was in theaters. Anyway, moving on. More theater news. Uh, there's a documentary coming out called Never Ending Man about Hayao Miyazaki. Uh, this is coming to theaters December 13th and December 18th. Um, all screenings will be English subtitled at 7.30 p.m. local time. This is exactly what I'm talking about. You know, with this, uh, like they, they just have one screening on those days at, e at each theater that has it. And they're always at that time. Um, so there's sometimes they show it at two o'clock on sa Saturday as well, but. I should have clarified weekend days uh, are, are oftentimes in the middle of the day um, rather than uh, rather than at the end of the day. Um, but I'm just saying that they well, pick a time and there's with, one uh, screening that day. It's not like this theater. The theater only opens up one theater for one block of time is what I'm getting at. What worried me out with wind rises. I was trying to see that in theaters. I finally had a chance to, but it was like 12 o'clock on a Tuesday for some reason. And that's when I had a class, so, yeah. Well, if there was one Miyazaki movie to Missing in the theaters, that's probably the one. G-Kids to bring Ponok's Modest Heroes anime anthology to theaters. So I thought that was Ponko, the studio's Ponko, but I guess I never probably read it. So let me ask you this. Have you guys seen... What's it called? Marie and the Marie Witch's and Flower? Flower? I own it. I have I, not. Oh, okay. Well, um, maybe maybe somebody in the chat can uh, can answer this question for me. Did you like it? Because the trailer made it look a lot like a Ghibli movie for obvious reasons. A lot of Ghibli animators formed Studio Ponok or whatever it's called. Um, but the movie itself was ridiculously bland and uninteresting, in my opinion. I felt It, it felt like structurally... Um, Studio Ghibli's magic only works if uh, Miyazaki is directing and writing the stories, it feels like, um, in my opinion. Anyway, moving on from here. That's going to be in January, by the way, January 2019. Um, and then just a reminder, Liz and the Bluebird will be airing in November 9th, and Dragon Ball Super Broly will be January 16th, um, is when it's starting, at least. I'm sure there will be more days than just that. Anyway, anime news. New Isekai Quartet anime project crosses over Overlord, ReZero, Tanya the Evil, and Konosuba franchises. So this is this basically crazy. This yeah. is basically like um Augie, what's the name of that super deformed Carnival uh, Phantasm? No, no, no. The one from uh, uh, Bubblegum Crisis crossover. Go Guy World. No, not Go Guy no. World. No, darn it. You know what I'm talking about. The one that crossed over Bubblegum Crisis. You're talking about. Yeah, so it, it's like Super that. Where they're... Killing me. <laughs> Look up Gal Force. I don't think it matters, but yes. We're looking up Gal Force. There you go. My so it's, like, list. it's like this where um, it, the crossover is happening in a super deformed chibi show rather than characters actually showing up the way that the Higurashi characters showed up in that other show recently. So, I mean, Chibi Tanya is pretty much regular Tanya, though, so maybe you could claim that. Yeah. But 
they're they're all in the Tanya style. So no, my um, anime list sends notifications for any anime that has a related anime coming up. So I got one for this. It said Isekai Quartet, and I'm like, what the hell's this? And I read the description. Oh, the people were transported to another world. I'm like, wow, amazing. But then I saw the poster. I'm like. Okay, you got my attention now. <laughs> <laughs> did I did I accidentally call this Izakaya Quartet a second ago? If Maybe. I did, I'm sorry. It's, it's because wasn't... there's there's another there's another Isakaya we're going to be talking about about Izakaya, um, which we'll get into in a minute. I'd well, rather more seasons of these. What I'm worried Pardon? about is if this gets if this does come over here, who has the license, or would this be split across well, companies, see. kind of similar has... to like uh, Pop Team Epic? Funimation has basically all of those except for Konosuba, which is undetermined yeah. if Crunchyroll has it or not, because they have the streaming at least, but we don't know. I, about I think it would be easiest for Funimation to get it, or there's going to be some ridiculous wild card where a company we don't even think about gets it, like Anime Works or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, just weirdly, they get this one-off thing, and then they put it out. The question is, where do you put this in your collection? <laughs> in the eye, because... That's basically the best place to put it. What's the best? Watch it and see what and tally how many characters show up. Whoever has the <laughs> highest tally goes. Right screen like, time. Go? You're gonna have to go by screen time. Um, uh, what's your What's the best isekai that's that you guys have seen? Out of curiosity. Well, there's a gazillion. <laughs> like I don't know. Ooh. I'm trying to think of some. I liked No Game No Life and Overlord. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to answer so I can tell you that you're wrong. The answer is Escaflone. <laughs> I hated um, this. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. I thought you was going to say uh, Fushigi Yugi. No. Garbage. No. Um, a the... certain scientific railgun gets a third anime season. Yes. Awesome. So at some point next year, we should do this uh, franchise for Watch Our... Club so oh. that I can actually have seen it and care about That's it. like... That's like two entire months dedicated to I each know. of those. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying that. Uh, um, well, let's start with Railgun. No, no, no. We have to go chronological. Yeah. So I, I figured okay, we would Railgun and Index. For Magical Index and then the box set for Railgun. Because you guys keep sharing stuff for me to talk about. I'm like, I mean, I've not watched the show. I'm I'm happy to bring it up. I don't I don't mind including it in the articles, but uh, I haven't watched it yet. So I'm I'm just I feel like there's a lot of hype I'm not getting <laughs> that I should be getting. So Real anyway. season two happens in Real Gun and Index season one. And a certain scientific accelerator uh, manga gets a TV anime in 2019. So let me ask you this: um, about time. That's a good series. Why? Why did um, why did I feel like this series came out over here a while ago? On like, manga, manga. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm talking about the certain whatever, whatever, whatever type series. I feel like that's come out. Uh, like when did the blue? When did the box sets come out over here for the 2011 or 2012? Yeah. So, so I'm wondering yeah. what what's up with the resurgence in uh, interest in this series? Like it seems like it's just exploding. Now I think it's because. They probably got caught up in the second seasons of both Railgun and Index, so they were waiting for more source material for 25 okay. episodes worth. So you're thinking maybe it was a manga-related uh, thing? It, yes. It might be a quality this issue. Guy is, this guy is writing... You've seen it. He's writing three separate a certain series. He's got Heavy Object. He's got probably some other projects that he's working on as well. It's like... They're probably just waiting for this ultimate boom, all of this 
a certain stuff. But okay. I just think it's quite the spectacle that this guy's getting 75 episodes of three different series all together. It, it is... A, a th this is... Th that fact, what you just described, is the reason why I feel like I should probably pick it up and watch it. Because I it does seem it does seem a little bit bizarre how much they're throwing at it right now, um, considering that everybody I hear talk about it like they talk about it like they love this the series, but I've never heard anything actually about it, which is kind of what I want. I want to go in sort of blind, but uh, I, it's just kind of crazy. Like I, I always hear about it, like people talk so highly of it without ever describing what the show's about. Anyway, Rifle is beautiful. Manga gets an anime, uh, so. I is think this Otakuso, Italian cross production. I think Otakuso had me share this. Um, I, I believe it's just about girls and and different hunting rifles or sniper rifle types that are associated with them. Um, so anyway, I, I don't know much about it, but I'll check it out. You see all those jets. So are, are they hunting jets or something? They're like little crop top X wings. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like they they shoot them down with like an anti tank rifle. <laughs> That's why this one's blown up behind this girl. Anyway, I'm gonna move on. Um, Gonkutsuo, the Count of Monte Cristo anime, gets an exhibition in October. Gonzo marked his 25th anniversary with an exhibition this past summer. The event featured many of the studio's most popular titles, such as Samurai Seven, Gonkutsuo, the Count of Monte Cristo, Last Exile, and Romeo X Juliet or Romeo Juliet, depending on how that's supposed to be pronounced. You never know with those little X's. Uh, now, one of those titles is getting an exhibition of its own. The Gonkutsu account of Monte Cristo uh, television anime will get an exhibition at ACG, Labo, and Harajuku. Okay, so it is going to be character designs, art boards. So, um, I'm a little bit So, how are those surprised. lists? Go ahead. My two cents of all of those listed... The Count of Monte Cristo one is probably the best one for an art display just because of how different the style is. Senor Fluffy, I'm pretty sure I said rifle. <laughs> um, the comment was you can't say the G word on YouTube. You have to say I know what I meant by that. Yeah. Um, you're not wrong. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, so, uh, Augie, I totally missed what you said. Um, I was reading that comic. Can you say that one more time? Out of, out of all out of the, the four listed, uh -huh. the Samurai 7, Exile... Kukutu, Last Exile, yeah. Romeo, Juliet. That one probably deserves the exhibition more. Yes. Just because I, I, of the different well, style. Just because it's Mononoke-ish. Okay. Let me, let, me, let me clarify something. First of all, Last Exile, Last Exile has a much better has much better artwork to go along with it. The artwork in last exile by range Murata is breathtaking. It's literally for no mm. other reason worth getting for that. And the soundtrack is pretty good. Um, CGI is very dated, but, um, but for an exhibition, I'm just saying last exile range Murata artwork is incredible. Um, but yeah, the thing about Count Monte Cristo, so Count of Monte Cristo came out in like 2005 or 2007 over here, I think. Um, and uh, probably, no, I think it came out right before Genial went out of business in 2008, actually. Because I remember I yeah. remember this being on the chopping block and, and getting it like it, it had shown up at a Best Buy um, that I frequented. And I managed to get it right as, at that moment when it seemed like 
Genial was gone. So anyway, um, but when it came out in Japan is a different story. But the thing is here, they did something with this series. If you if you guys haven't seen it, basically instead of using solid colors for the clothing and whatnot, they used patterns. Okay, so the so the animation cell was basically um, it acted as a mask. Uh, on top of a pattern. So when the characters would move, sometimes the pattern would move a little bit with it and it it looked real janky. It was the entire reason for doing it was for an artistic style. And when you saw the trailer for it, it sparked your interest. But when you actually watched the show, it seemed completely unnecessary. <sighs> Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I think I know what you mean because the first time I saw that type of thing, I'm like, wow, that's kind of neat. But... When you're describing it, yeah, you're probably just like, this is a bit distracting. This show is very bizarre, too, because it's it's the Count of Monte Cristo, who in this story is a vampire, and there's mechs for no reason. <laughs> so, well, it's a weird show. I've actually does seen it have this. lemonade? Does it have lemonade? I re- what? <laughs> I asked that because I've read the book. I've read the Count of Monte Cristo book. Does okay. it have lemonade in it? It's been that, so that many is a years. crucial plot point. It's been so many years since I've seen it that I want to say no, but they might have put a subtle nod to it, actually. Um, so if you, uh, in terms of art style, it's, it's very similar to the uh, um, oh, no, no, audio. Okay. It's very, no, it's, well, yes, but for a different reason. What I was going to say here is that a lot of the promotional artwork, like we're looking at right now, that is actually different from how it looks in the show, uh, has a very similar style to the opening to Elf and Lead. Um, and the opening to Elf and Lead are all references to Gustav Klimt, uh, his artwork, um, which have like the gold foil torn up sort of, um, what do you call that? Like a collage sort of pattern. But uh, anyway, moving on. Tatsunoko marks 55th anniversary with the Cost of a Smile TV anime in January. So this math seems off. Because I'm pretty sure the 50th anniversary was when they made Karas. And that was definitely more than five years ago. This seems like it should be the 65th anniversary. 1962 is when it was founded, says Wikipedia. So so take two, 2019. Wait, no, 55. Yeah. That's bizarre. I've I've been living a lie all this time. <laughs> somebody told me. Dun, dun, dun. Somebody told me when Karas came out because I saw it at an anime club at the college I was. Um, when I was in high school, I took Japanese at a community college because they didn't offer it at my um, high school. And uh, in the anime club at that community college, we watched Karas, and they said. This is the company that made Speed... Oh, no, that still doesn't make sense. I was going to say, this is the company that made Speed Racer. This is what they did 50 years later or for the 50th anniversary or something. But that would be even... Then they would be even older if it was 50 years after Speed Are they Racer. describing something that came out 15 so this, uh, years ago? Yeah, and they're describing something that came out about 15 years ago is what I'm, what I'm getting at. So, anyway. Scroll down Go. a little bit. Scroll down a little bit more. I'm trying to figure out what this kind of ship... Not locked that that much so this is a fantasy show let me put it this way um 
I like living the lie that Karas was their 50th anniversary thing because this looks like shit compared to that. <laughs> this looks like a generic shitty anime compared to... Uh... Okay, let me put it this way. Uh, Tatsunoko is known for Kashurn. So known... it's a princess and for... a guardian. They're known for uh, speed Transformers Combiner Wars 2016. So, so they're known. They're known for stuff like that. This, to me, oh, for our 55th anniversary, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna commemorate our existence by just making another in show line with all the other companies' tropes. So we're gonna go Moe. We're gonna do like that kind of shit. Maybe an isekai. Like we're gonna do all that shit that every other company is doing for our 55th anniversary. It just seems it seems bizarre. Whereas Instead as I was saying, the cross. Well, as I was saying with with right. with Karas, that felt like that felt like Tatsunoko's strength, showing their strength over over all those years. Um, whereas this just seems like I, I don't even know what to say, but it just seems like they uh, they fell into uh, the common industry uh, standard sort of stuff these days. Okay, so this is what, a sci-fi. If you if you sent me this screenshot right here and told me this was a screenshot from Sword Art Online, I'd believe you. You're angry. Um, I'm, I'm just. I'm, I'm say not. This. I'm just saying that it's not. Uh, it it doesn't look like I, I prefer. I prefer living in the universe where Karas was the uh, was their 50th anniversary rather than. Yeah, this no, they can live in that. They can live in that disillusion. Just yeah. it looks like it has a potential. Don't know okay. that much because I'm getting like brief sentences. So, so I think this is what happened is that they were just making any show, a normal show, whatever. And, and it like, just happens to be their 55th anniversary. <laughs> yeah. And they are like, oh crap, we have our 55th coming up. Uh, sure. Let's dedicate this show to being the 55th anniversary. This is, this is also kind of like, uh, with the boogie woogie box where we're like <laughs> 27th anniversary 28th anniversary you know? <laughs> anyway um all right so moving on anime studio production ims files for bankruptcy so i don't really want to go into this uh, again because we've been speculating on this forever uh, on the podcast um but yeah they they were 2.23 million dollars in debt um and yeah they they're restructuring and filed for bankruptcy <laughs> the main cast revealed for the Yuri Lolly comedy TV anime Watashi ni Tenshi ga uh, Mayorida, um, which is about. I, so I'm bringing this up just because I it caught my eye, and I'm like, a Yuri Lolly comedy. This is great. So it's about this girl who is attracted to all of her little sister's friends. <laughs> it's not going to be controversial at all. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. Uh, did you have anything you want to say? Not really. It's kind of okay, here's on. the show. It is. Um, so Kengan Ashura, uh, the a new key visual. Um, so I I'm bringing this up um, because Augie, um, Jeff, uh, and Dan and I saw this at Anime Expo, and um, this was actually the reason I decided to wait for uh, stuff to come out before I edit the first impressions videos because the actual like promotional stuff there, this is literally all there is. And it's not even footage from the actual show. It's just, it's like a stylized version of it. So 
Anyway, um, but I, I just want to say definitely keep an eye out for this. It's going to stream on Netflix in 2019. I think it's going to be early 2019. I'm not, there's, they haven't announced the actual date yet. Um, but definitely check this out because it was phenomenal. Manga. Oh, actually, I'm not going to open this one. <laughs> uh, my lesbian work. experience with loneliness wins best manga at Harvard or Jack because Harvey Awards because of the artwork. Correct. I'm not going to open it for that reason. Um, Glad to hear it's getting an award. I hope for more to come out. Okay, this one right here. Corimate High School manga returns in spinoff sequel. Corimate High School. In hopes. <laughs> Never heard of that Cromate. I'm Cromarty. I'm hoping that this will get another season, which looking at the cover, it looks like either they're the teachers or they're out doing business school. But anyway, oh, that would I remember... Be Hilarious to follow the uh, the delinquent class getting jobs and stuff. Oh yeah. Now, if you ever read the manga, I much prefer watching the anime, or at least watching, at least reading the subtitles, because reading the manga to me is almost the same as reading an encyclopedia. <laughs> the, the characters, show itself, oh. in my opinion, is dreadfully boring. The live action movie oh. might be the funniest movie I've ever seen in my entire life, though. Oh yeah, it was a great live action movie. I it took me a I, second watch to really enjoy the anime. You remember my friend Dan from uh Yes Anime Expo? When when we watched that movie originally, just the opening that talks about the, the destruction of the school, he was laughing so hard we literally had to pause it because he was choking. I don't know why. Wow. It's not that terribly funny of a segment, but for some reason, he he was gasping for air because of it. So we had to we had to pause it and, and get him water and stuff because we thought he was going to die. <laughs> but yeah, the movie is hilarious. Um, in terms of the best live action adaptation for an anime, I don't like to consider it because I don't like to consider live action anime. Um, movies made in Japan with the Japanese cast and everything, because I, I think it's cheating to to use that as your frame of reference. But truly, it is the best one if you consider it that way. Um, but yeah, it's it's hilarious. I like the uh, the subtitles on my bootleg version of it better than the official release, though. Unfortunately. Okay. Uh, but yeah, if you if you ever get a chance to read the ADV release of the manga, the it's so wordy. It's might as well just read the dictionary or just watch the show. I liked the part where uh, they were make, poking fun at how there was no the animation. And then a pencil just falls out. It's like, movement! My, well, um, one of the things that's funny about the... the first of all, just, let me just... It says, as the title suggests, the manga focuses on, on the teachers at Cromartie High School. So it's going to be from sort of a different angle. Maybe Mekazawa is a teacher now. I don't know. Um, but let me just say that... Uh, just find in out the live-action the movie, there are no female characters at all. There are no actresses in the movie at all. In the show, there aren't any female characters either, but there's one scene in the first episode where um, where the main character transforms briefly into a, a like a cutesy anime girl and says something like, you're going to have to read the manga for that or something like that, right? That's the only... It's it's yeah. a bizarre show because it, it circumvents like everything that anime is 
in terms of like, you know, the things that usually sell uh, anime. Um, but anyway, yeah, so just, just to clarify, it, it does seem it's going to be focusing on the teachers. Um, and I, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see. So anyway. Now, this is coming out at a good time because in this mo in this series, it has Freddie Mercury. And we're about to have Bohemian Rhapsody out in theaters. Yes, in which looks December. incredible, that movie. Every time I see the trailer for that, uh, I'm, I'm so pumped for that movie, uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody one. But um, yeah, so so if you don't know Cromartie High School, the lead singer from Queen, Freddie Mercury, is literally a character in it. Okay? And, and he, he rides a, a lot horse. To say. He's, he's shirtless with suspenders. He has, um, you know, the, the big mustache, right? And he rides through the halls on a horse. So amazing, amazing show. And by the way, the guy here, actually, I might, hold on. Give me one second. Stall. Express milk. Express mail because there was this joke show and the main character was just writing all these random jokes into the thing and all of his were picked as like the best or whatever and this teacher was like upset that his weren't getting picked and then he's like ah oh, I got the perfect one and then he's listening to the radio yes it better be the the one I even use express mail and then they read it on the radio and it's like the wrong joke and he's like wow what a dud. He even used express mail on the radio. I don't know. I really like that for some reason. Okay, I uh, found it. So I don't know why I'm bothering to get this out. I'm going to show you guys an show art it, project I it. did in my first quarter in uh, college. Right. I don't even remember what the project was that we were supposed to do. We were supposed to make... This is a very dumb project. Um, I think we were supposed to make something related to... Uh, our interests or something like a collage of some sort. I printed out and hand cut hundreds and hundreds of uh, anime characters and live action. Freddy is right here. And uh, so this, for this actor or the guy who played him is a studio Ghibli uh, employee. Also, here's hard game. For those uh, who are audio only, he, yeah. AC is showing. You're just gonna have to watch. Collage. You're just gonna have to watch the YouTube one for this one. Also, there's a picture um, when my wife was in a, I think, a similar class. She um, had to present something. She took a picture of my anime collection from back then and printed it out. Um, so we taped it to the back of it. This was from. <laughs> The 18th of December, 2008. So this was the year that Genio went out of business. That's what my collection looked like back then. Uh, this is manga. It's a, a thinner bookcase. And then just three bookcases, right? With the with the lowest shelf cut off because I couldn't stand back far enough in the room to take a picture of it. Anyway. So that's that. Put this back real quick. I don't know why I felt the need to pull that out there. I thought you guys might get a kick out of it. Just move this out of the way so I don't break it. I've managed to move this so many times without shattering the glass in that frame. Anyway, back to uh, 
Back to Cromarty and moving on to Maria, the Virgin Witch. So the Maria, Maria the, Virgin the Virgin Witch. Witch manga gets a special chapter in November. In November. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, so it gets a special manga in November. And if you want to, Augie has a uh, review for it for the show that you Scroll can check slowly, out. Slowly, slowly. You're scrolling too fast. People can do it on their own time. We got to keep moving. They have work to do tonight. Games news. Love Life Sunshine Hanamaru to be featured in Sega's new Sakura Wars collaboration campaign. Sakura Wars? Yeah. So, I'm going to, similar to the Magical Index, I, I need to watch Love Life because... <laughs> This this makes I mean, sense. It, 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 since, yes, yes. Since you have the soccer wars is based on showgirls back in the alternate nineteen twenties universe with steampunk elements, and Love Live has high schools performing idol concerts. So blending those two together makes sense. Just might have a time period paradox or something. Yeah, I just yeah. Um, it also looks like they might be reviving the old. Uh, uh, for Soccer Wars, they had a cafe open just for that special mm. theme, so this might revive that for this well, collaboration. I, did you see I'm that? Not sure. I was, they've got like the stuff right here for the collaboration uh, cafe menu. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so um, so speaking to your point about the time paradox. Um, that's that's how I felt when they made uh, Alien versus Predator, because Predator took place in the past, Alien took place in the future, and Alien versus Predator took place in the present. <laughs> made no I'm sense. Still surprised that they didn't go with uh, the Dark Horse comics for the storyline, but hey, I'm speaking sense. So yeah. where is Sega Sanshiro in all this? Sega is Sega the publisher of the so Soccer Wars game that originated from the no, Sega. No, no, no. The guy I'm talking about was a commercial guy that wore a gi to promote the Sega Saturn. In one of the commercials, he was dating Sakura from Sakura Wars, or the main character from that. Um, so where I is he fit in this? I don't think he's relevant at all anymore. <laughs> also, oh. Don Monte Memorial Freeze uh, X Attack on Titan collaboration coming soon. So there's... Believe it or not, there is a weirder collaboration with Attack on Titan in that Spider-Man? Wasn't there a Spider-Man crossover? I mean, the, yeah, I think that actually like makes more sense. Chapter, because, that makes more sense. Yeah, because how they just, move and just fight. No, that doesn't make more sense. Are you crazy? Well, yeah, it Are does. Are you crazy because... that, a, that a fictional world uh, of is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon and in a fictional world of attack on Titan versus a fictional New York city, modern day Spider-Man fitting into attack. That doesn't make any sense. No, you're crossing sense. three things and said two things now. And the ODM gear. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, 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 I'm curious I know, about that Spider-Man one just because I want to see how they handle the, the dumb premise on how they even made the stupid collab work. I mean, I think the collabs such as these simply don't work. It's they just do not. A collab. 
So th luckily, these are, this one is a game, so it's not like I'm going to have to decide where to put this in my collection. Although I would have put it next to Attack on Titan because I didn't buy any of it's the. It's digital. It I know. I know. I'm just saying. It's a good thing it's a game, so I'm not buying a show to have to figure out where to put it. Uh, Sengen like Kagura. Yes. Sengen Kagura Burst Renewal PS4 version is going to remove intimacy mode. What? So, uh, however, yeah, there's no point in getting this now. The, the PC version, the Steam version, will release with the mode intact and will launch simultaneously. Cool. So Look at the PC this tweet Master from XC Games is basically saying, "Hey, definitely don't buy that PS4 version." That's hilarious. The <laughs> this plays this games whole, on a PC. Yeah. Literally, everyone who is a hardcore gamer. Literally, all you have to do is take your PlayStation 4 controller and plug it into your PC. And then you get to play it uncensored. I mean, you don't even need the controller, but sure, yeah. Well, I'm just saying that the PS4 controller, Static. or at least the PS3 controllers, could do that. So that's all that, that's all that matters. Moving on. I just want to mention here. Um, so we talked about Onimusha Warlords getting, a, um, remastered. getting remastered. So they claim... That it's been upscaled uh, and like high high definition graphics, characters, background graphics, and cutscenes have been given a high definition update to enhance the visibility on players' quest to save the princess. So I've been watching this. The graphics do not look any better than I remember them, except that um, that like they're designed now to be able to be viewed on HD TVs. You mean that it has sixteen by nine and stuff. I can't remember if the old one had that or not, but I'm I just saying like the textures don't look updated. They look just as good as they did in the PlayStation 2 era. And the reason why they look good is because um, the these are all pre-rendered uh, backgrounds because they're, they're, they were fixed camera angles. So, so the thing with remasters in games is this is one of those cheapos where they don't actually change anything. They literally just render it at 1080p, but it still has the old textures, so it yeah. looks pretty much no different. It's just the aliasing on the edges is perfect for the characters, etc. So I will say this. If there's a high... let down for the buyer because you have like the Crash Insanity and the Spyro games that took the rough polygons and actually made it look or, more presentable. Or the 3DS of Ocarina of Time. I wouldn't not, say they they took the old polygons. They just yeah, they remade from the they ground remade up. the entire game. But that's a much simpler game concept, I think, to remake. But um, like literally, I I don't know why people like Spyro. When I was a kid, my friend and I rented it and we beat it in an afternoon. It was so easy. Um, that's why but, people liked it. It was easy. So the 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 thing here is, is cutscenes, and I don't know if they mean the full motion video cutscenes or just the in-game model cutscenes, uh, but but cutscenes have been given a high definition update. Um, so I will say that it would be worth it for that alone if Man, they actually re-rendered. I, I mean, again? it's probably worth it that you don't have to hook up your PS2. My hey guys, how old bad are we cutting out? You guys have not cut out for me at all, for the record. I've heard okay. literally everything. So, um, but I'm I'm just saying that uh, a little factoid about me: the cutscenes, the full motion video pre-rendered 3D cutscenes, is Looks literally scary. the reason I went into uh, animation. Oh, 
Yeah. And it's not the first game ones are, are pretty bad. The the second and third game ones are amazing. Like especially level. dude, they are they will knock your socks off, especially the third one. Um, just the opening alone is incredible how well they put it together. Um, that it, it literally is the reason I, I went to the college I did and, and got the degree that I got. So anyway. Release news. Release, release, release the dragons. Card capture reference. Anyway, um, so Detective Conan Zero: The Enforcer dominates Japan's weekly DVD and Blu-ray sales uh, chart. So, Disco I'm bringing this up. We had, big uh, here. Yeah, well, we had talked about this all the box it, office stuff. Right. I'm bringing it up because we talked about that and I wanted to point out something I thought was interesting that if you look at the top 10 Japanese animation film of all time, DVD and Blu-ray sales, Detective Conan, uh, Zero the Enforcer ends up number eight. Your name, which grossed more than any other movie in theaters, didn't beat Spirited Away by five, over five billion yen. Like Spirited Away in terms of home home box office or whatever, um, beat it by five billion. But the point is, Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle, Princess Mononoke, Ponyo, The Wind Rises, which blows my mind that that's even on the list, um, <laughs> The Secret World of Arietti, which is not technically... All of these are Miyazaki, with the exception of your name, up to that point, right? And then it's still Studio Ghibli, but it's a different uh, Yonabashi instead of, instead of Miyazaki. Um, then Detective Conan... Then Doraemon, and then of all things, Yokai Watch. <laughs> well, I, I Disney is still dubbing Yokai Watch. What? Or Viz. I wonder if Viz is still technically dubbing Yokai Watch for TV. Uh, sometimes I wonder. Sometimes I wonder if Disney. Viz can still exist, or if they're just a, like a uh, like a ghost company. <laughs> I know. Well, manga wise, you can't say that. So here is the uh, the thing about the the release for My Hero Academia for the February 13th um, release. And the, the reason I bring this up is that they're doing a plus ultra edition to the movie. The plus ultra edition is going to come with a special booklet with key animation arts and interviews, newly recorded picture drama CD uh, based on the barbecue scene by the class one, a students, which was illustrated in the film's ending credit a bonus disc that includes the voice cast members stage greetings footage from the U.S. premiere screening at Anime Expo 2018. That's the one we tried to get into that day but couldn't. Uh, the premiere screening at Lino Hall in Tokyo and the release memorial event in, okay, in Tokyo again. Okay. So um, a postcard using the volume origin cover art drawn by the manga author. That was for the one that they gave out to the first million viewers. Uh, and a box art by the anime character designer uh, Yoshihiko Umakoshi. So the reason I bring this up is I'm I, I want to see when we get it over here, um, how much of that stuff gets translated and brought over. Which, knowing Funimation, I mean, I expect there to be a premium edition of this movie. And what I'm, in fact, one I'll thing be I'm curious is about is, are we going to have to wait two years, or do we have to wait a year for it to get a release over here? Hopefully, it's just six months. They're probably going to put the Since rush on it. Already dubbed it. Yeah, since they've already dubbed it, I wouldn't be surprised if well, it that and out. it's My Hero Academia. They want to get it out as soon as possible, and make money. Yeah, but I have a comment on this. 
is that it's so cancer what they do in Japan because in case you haven't noticed, there's a premium whatever edition for DVD and Blu-ray separate. So it's like, mm. well, which one are you going to get? Is the DVD limited even right. more valuable? You're, saying you're, referring, you're referring to the, there's the DVD, then there's the DVD plus ultra, yeah. then there's the Blu-ray, then there's the Blu-ray plus ultra. Like, uh, it's so cluttered. Yeah. Oh, that's their type of luxury that they like over there. So for people who have, um, Reese says, I'll bet we have to wait. We'll have it here in August. I'm thinking maybe they might push it for, um, sales at anime expo to have the, uh, the movie. Maybe, maybe that'll be released in August, but at anime expo, they'll have it early. Um, knowing Funimation. So, um, for people who have seen this, um, Deku has a red gauntlet thing on his arm. Uh, I'm curious how they're going to address the fact that in the show, there's an episode that comes out of nowhere during the middle of them doing the, uh, the exam or whatever, where they have to throw the balls and hit the targets on, on the other people. And then in the middle of that arc, all of a sudden they do an episode that is literally just a promotion episode for this movie. So they sort of tie the movie in somehow, but I wonder how they're going to get, this invention in back into the show. <laughs> so I don't know. It's going to be kind of weird. Decanonize it. Um, so this is the thing I was talking about before. Isekai Isekaya anime gets a Blu-ray release only if 300 people pre-order it. Um, so uh, Isekaya is a, like Japanese um, restaurant. It's like, it's kind of a, I'm, I'm not, I don't fully understand the meaning behind it. Izakai is like a type of restaurant that's strictly Japanese. It's, it's hard to explain. I used to eat at a place in uh, um, California called Izakayaku that was really delicious. But uh, but yeah, so this is going to be like in another world in a restaurant or something. Uh, the Japanese food from another world. Um, so they're not... Oh, okay. Reese says they're not since it broke. I'm almost positive immediately after it breaks that uh, Melissa said she could make a, a new one. So anyway, regarding the My Hero Academia thing. Um, so uh, these, obviously, these pre-orders, this this ultimatum here, uh, 300 people have to pre-order it, which seems like a ridiculously low number, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, for, for Japan, considering that, uh, that they sold $30 billion worth of Spirited Away. <laughs> um, but... Uh, Oh, okay. So th if three in front of pre-orders, production goes forward with a box jacket illustration uh, and da, 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 400 pre-orders, a teardrop-shaped silver coin. Who cares about that? <laughs> um, 500 pre-orders, a frame of actual key animations here on the 600 pre-orders, a booklet with writings and autographs from the anime staff, uh, and a 1,000 pre-orders gets live-action parts included. Um, now, this is, again, for the, for the Japanese um, release. I couldn't find the actual link to where to get it other than like here and i couldn't find the pr not not that 20, they need to ship it to me is that twenty eight thousand yen so a 300 box set where do you see the uh, yen i'd like to point but i can't because oh, here, here. twenty eight thousand. how long is this show even is that the like trying to figure out when it was made no i think it was made pretty recently Spring 2018, 15 minutes, and how many episodes? Is it just 15 minutes? 
<laughs> Looks like it. Why would wow. you even make a Blu-ray for that? <laughs> yeah. Why would you even make an anime for it? <laughs> well. Well, now I really want to get it. Uh, uh, I want to pre-order this thing. But seriously, did we... 28,000 yen for 15 minutes? <laughs> it says original net animation, 24 episodes. Okay. Still. Still, it's a ripoff. It's like a 12-episode like show in terms of watch uh, runtime. Um, total yeah. runtime. So, yeah, that's 250 US dollars. Like... Now, I kind of hope they don't get the brewers. <laughs> um, yeah, they'll have to change things up. Uh, I'm going to guess this is what I have to click on to reorder. Not that I'm going to, or that they would even ship it Alternate to world bar? It just, I, I'm pretty sure they're only making it for pre orders, which is why it's like why it catches my interest. Yeah, but no, I don't know. I'm just curious if they'd even let me because a lot of a lot of things like this you have to put in a Japanese address. Right. I'm going to guess that this is the one telling me to go forward. Email. Oh uh, yeah, I've got to have an account here. This is one of the things that I tried to I tried to buy a font off of a Japanese website um, <laughs> for the uh, Patema inverted joke we did in the uh, in the fireworks video, and I had to have a Japanese address to even create an account on the stupid site, and I never ended up getting the thing that I tried to buy. Okay, see, so we're at the point that we're almost watching your shot. We might need to yeah, move forward. I'm, I'm moving forward. Drop awesome. Pick. My Devil will get a second season if the first season sells 2,000 DVDs. Oh, yeah, that's right. Things. This is a this is similar to the previous thing. This is about um, about uh, um, Japanese release here. So we don't really have a. Um, if you ever seen, If you ever seen Bludgeoning Angel, Doku Richan, this is a very close similar to it. Oh, I want to watch it now. Alright, so anyway, that'll be something to, to uh, watch out for. And Is this a sign that Japan's actually thinking, okay, let's not waste more money on anime. Let's see if they actually like it, type thing. <laughs> well. Overall, that'd be a good thing. <laughs> let's be real. Um, and then this link broke again, so let me just get the pre-orders out. Hide adults. Do Blu-ray and DVD only. Adult only. Right. Adult Swim. Screen share. Okay. So at this point, for those uh, audio listeners, we're now looking through Right Stuff's uh, pre-order section and yeah. then commenting about the future releases that we would like to own or have interest or not interested in. Okay, so middle click on Overlord, Ancient Magus. Which Overlord? Both or just the premium? The limited. Both bricks. Premies. Uh you can do one piece 3D 2Y, sure. Black Clover. So um I'll, I'll talk about it when I get there. Um Dimension W Essentials. Set 
three. I'm pretty sure I pre-ordered this last. Uh, I gotta get this too. God, I'm really mad at myself for buying both <laughs> the Blu-ray and the DVD of this series because it's hard on a budget now to keep up with that. I see Walking Girl. There's not much to really say. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna bother with it. Uh, and then I think we're already mm-hmm. into uh, yeah stuff from last podcast, so we can close Pretty this. Much. Yeah, Funimation's the only one that had the balls to say anything last con. <laughs> Citrus, Yuri. So, right. I'm not digging the little. I mean, uh, for the spine, I'm, I'm nitpicking the here. But I'm, not, I'm not digging the yellow strip there. Yeah, yeah kind of reminds me of like. Kind of reminds me like you take a strawberry starburst and you take a lemon starburst and you're trying to make a pattern out of it. I feel like they should have used that yellow thing to line up with where the yellow is on the. Yeah, front I cover. was going to say that too. Like, uh, yeah. It feels a little off. It's it's not like a. It won't break. I I don't care about this show actually, but I I, I will buy anything that that people I follow a lot like in my newsfeed are constantly talking important. about. Um, just I like because this show it has a whole, it has the right amount of sass, and it might be a little too much for some people, which I'm totally fine with the stuff that goes on, but it adds more like a thrill to this type of drama from what i heard of this series like i was hearing all about this manga before it even got an anime yeah and i heard it was just yuri smut from what i could tell and from what i heard i think that the people were really bashing the anime for getting stuff wrong i forget but but regardless it's it's something i want to be able to um to experience and talk Yeah. yeah that's that's uh um I mean, I'm I'm on a strict budget right now, so I'm not gonna get it or pre-order. I'll wait till till like way after it's come out. But um, so I would like to get more too. My concern for this is that, I mean, a it has My Hero Academia syndrome, where it's like twice as large as the first limited edition. But that leads me to think that it's possibly meant to hold season three, which is what we don't want it to happen. Which, okay, so if it has season three, then it'll be be stupid because it has season two on the spot. Yeah, because yeah. well, it says this. I, I could look at this as a one <laughs> instead of two, Roman numeral two. I guess. But uh, but yeah, I agree. That's annoying. So if but ideally the case is that it's not going to house both parts, obviously. But the problem with that is then you have my hero academia syndrome. So you're kind. Right. It's a lose lose situation. It is. Um, and in fact, I really I'm, don't I'm like sure. them. Good. I really don't like the 3D model for this. As I said in the comments, it kind of reminds me of more of a shoebox instead of a limited edition. Just how bulky it's kept the 3D model. You mean you mean the uh, the render? This image? The render. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Do you want me to send you the Funimation one? The Maybe. botched art? Sure. No, cause, yeah, because the one the one that you're talking about where the art was botched, yeah, that kind of looked like a shoebox because the art continued. Because they're they're just so bad at getting that right for some reason. Um, so yeah, send me that one real quick. Uh, I'm gonna move on to Ancient Magus, but I will come back to it. This one's finally coming out. And important note: the three OVAs, which you saw the third one with your wife in theaters, it they're included. So that means they'll finally be dubbed. So my dub wait is over. 
uh, just to clarify, I think we thought we were seeing the third one in theaters, but we actually saw the first couple episodes of the show or something like that. Whatever the point is, I can't wait. <laughs> we have the show. I like the whole book aesthetic. I, I that's such a tired aesthetic. I don't disagree with that, but I don't. I won't lose sleep over it. But um, the thing with this as well is that the way that Funimation listed it is that it's three hundred minutes runtime, which is twelve episodes, and then the extras is ninety six minutes. I'm like, whoa, that's a lot of runtime for the extras. And then it said OVAs. I don't know why they don't just include it in the runtime. But yeah. I like how uh, Right Stuff has, has the fixed image and Funimation hasn't. Well, yeah, because Right that Stuff probably funny. received the botched image and they're like, eh, let's fix that up before we yeah, post Yeah, that it. seems like it would be easy to fix. Because uh, you'll notice that the um, the reflection pass and the, the shading or whatever um, is missing on the Right Stuff one. It's just solid white. It looks like they just took the... Uh, they took the like the selection tool and just oh. nipped out the back, um, but it looks way better on it the, the right phone. So this is this is this is MMO Junkie look. Season Two pre-order. Right when it looked when Augie was saying it looks like a shoebox, it was because of this image where it looks like this is the the cover Got to it. the box sitting over the because they just they just screwed up the um, the automation process for the render. I'm not sure if I'm looking at the scale right, but. It Comparing the two, it looks like it's the same sort of bulk, but they stretched the image instead of cut. But I no, can't really it, tell. It's definitely not. It's definitely um, just cropped uh, to crop out that extra thing. So, so for Overlord season two, this is where they come across the lizard town and the lizard sex or whatever. Yeah, which barely and happens. It's, it's a lot faster than the novel. My brother said it was actually um, a funny scene, but yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I, but it doesn't I, last I like forever. But I, I haven't had a chance to yet. Um, but moving on. So we did Ancient right Magus Bride. Well, the other comment I have about Magus Bride is that there is a... It's Crunch... Wait. Yeah, it's Crunchyroll X Funimation. So it's kind of... I'm thinking they got out the biggest title that they had backlogged or whatever before they cut <laughs> off the partnership is yeah. what I'm thinking. And they still have a contract signed, so it's still yeah. Going, so part two will possibly come out. Possibly still going through. It should make enough money for part two to happen, so I'm not too worried no, no, no. about it, that. It is going to happen. I don't think they're going to discontinue it, especially after they literally just announced it. <laughs> I think they're going to use the same color scheme as the three Lord of the Rings uh, box sets that were green, red, and blue. I blue. think that's like Star Blazers. Yeah. It's going to house both of them. Yeah, I can it's see them doing that. Limited. You're right, because it doesn't actually say anywhere on it that it's specifically... Uh... It seems like such a huge box. I'm so mad at them. For It's funny, we we were just complaining about the thin LEs. Yes. Uh, and, then all, and then they're like, well, they're, how about this? How about ridiculously large? Yeah, it's like they went completely back on their word. <laughs> Not that that's a uh, bad thing. Reese wants to know if he's the only one who pronounces Magus like the last part of Outrageous as in Magus. Aegis? Uh, Aegis? Magus? It, it no, might he, be he, one he, of those things. It depends on what part of the country you're in yeah. on the pronunciation, which that's fine. It adds more culture to the word if, if, it's, if you want my two cents on it. I say Magus because Fate Stay Night pronounced it that way. 
Okay, I, I, I'm not going to get hung up on it. Uh, moving on, One Piece 3D2Y. Wait, it literally says spoiler in the title. <laughs> okay, anyway, let's... Um, yeah, I think this has been out for a while, 3D2Y, that aired a long time ago. It's just weird that we're seeing it coming out now. Glad it is coming, though. That's all I have to say. Would you like to know why it says 3D2Y for those that are not familiar with One Piece? Please explain. It won't spoil. It, the group in for uh, the One Piece crew, in, yeah, instead of if they were split up, they'd be back in three days in the one spot. He decided to change it to two years. Okay. Now, why? Well, you just have to watch that movie to find out. Okay. Oh, it's a movie. I thought it was an OVA. It's a, it's a TV special. TV special. According to the spine. All right. So, Black Clover. Um, the I brought this up in the past about how it's going to be sitting right next to... Uh, Black Butler. Black Butler. Um in my collection, I realized that it actually won't be. Um, if you have Black Cat, it'll sit. Black Cat will be a buffer that prevents it from being book, 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 book. Look, you know, in terms of the the motif on the side. Um, and again, I'm just saying this is a really tired, uh, a really tired trope of of doing like the book type. That of one doesn't look it doesn't, too bucky. It, yeah, it looks like it looks like it's you know changed it has... since we first looked at it. Hey, it has the name on the spine. And? That's all I can really say. Other than that, it looks like a book. This can so this is Season 1, Part 3 Collector's Box. Oh, Does that five. mean that Seasons... Uh, that, that means Season 1, Part 1, and Part 2 already exist and are going to sit in this? Like, this is going to be like a, like a standard... Um, yeah, this is with collectors. We talked about this on the podcast. How right. when they said there's going to be more fifty, more than fifty-one episodes, you said is the or Reese said is this going to affect the season three collectors box they planned? And I was confused when this came out because I thought they already had uh, part three on pre-orders for a while. But I mixed that up with what's that other show coming out oh, uh, with Twin Star Exorcist Part Three. Yeah. I'm like, why is why are yeah. they putting it out again? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, it looks like uh, if you've got Black Cat in your collection, it'll save the uh, the issue um, regarding it being right next to Black Butler and looking like it's part of Black Butler because it's got the same font style with a gothic -y font and this and it's also in the scheme. thing and the, yeah, the, it's just anyway. Well, at least they are listening because that is something we were missing or we were. Wanting to see come back again with ADV going away, the whole starter box thing you fill up the box again. Yeah, and I, I like that because in this situation, well, I already closed it, but in this situation, it is about uh, it's with box sets instead or like parts um, instead of just a four episode disc kind of thing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I pre ordered this in the last after the last podcast set three. I mean, I this is the set three standard, not set three uh, special edition. Okay, so yeah. Um, is there a standard set for set one? And I know set one does, but it's set like one is uh, set one and set two do have standard sets. I don't, I didn't get well. The, the first season for... one is the Warner, oh, Warner Bros. Bros. one, yeah, and then Viz made the second one, 
and now the third one. Okay, well, I'll have to look into that later. Um, and then, yeah, I got Hunter Hunter out here for later. So, uh, in terms of uh, in terms of other news, here we got random merch stuff. I thought I talked about one of these last podcast, but I didn't see it in the article list. So I'm gonna go ahead and show it again if I didn't. Uh, Charge Man Ken TV anime releases a limited edition murder record. These are print-on-demand vinyl records, which feature the nefarious killer tunes from episode 16 of infamously of the infamously goofy uh, anime. So I don't know. Just throwing it exists. You can print-on-demand it if you want. Um, which is turns out to be the show's theme, but. <laughs> New case could transform your smartphone into a Game Boy. So I had seen this before, um, this sort of thing being done, but uh, this one seems different than the ones I had seen in the past. This one actually um, encloses your phone. Yeah. So kind of interesting. Um, might problem be problem is phones are so different in dimensions that you can't get like one universal case. You'll have to have specific ones. Well, I think what they could do, I don't think they're going to do it here, but what, what they should do is they should design it so that there's an opening back here. And what you do is you open it, take your phone out and flip it around. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that when you're not using it, this shows the Apple logo on the back of the iPhone. Right? Do you get what I mean? And then this is open so you can touch the whole screen. And then when you want to play a game on an app, you just open it up and flip the phone oh. around. That's, okay. that's what I would have done. The only thing I'm curious about is what games are going to be preloaded on it. Probably Tetris. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like that one where it actually reads your cartridges. Then yeah, you, I, I think that's a Hyperkin product. <laughs> At that point, just use a Game Boy. <laughs> well, the thing is, it gives you an updated screen and all that crap. I'll have to go buy more batteries. Yeah, I Anyway, I I don't I think it's a gimmick that I I wouldn't do it. It just seems like not a same. Like there, can you think of any games for Game Boy that you legitimately want to revisit and like? Even the Pokemon when they were re-released on 3DS, I'm like, nah. <laughs> yeah, maybe Link's Awakening, but I, still, I'd rather play. Link hey, Quix is always good. Armor Trooper Votoms conquers the world of board games. Out of nowhere. So, yeah. Um, I say again, at some point, if the channel ever actually makes money and gets to the point where we have funding to do stuff and we live closer together, it'd be cool to do a series on uh, on some different board games. Um, you know, hook up some cameras. Oh, yeah, or James. By the way, um, so first of all, let me just say... Let me just say, I didn't copy them with their rental review thing. They copied my first impressions unwittingly. <laughs> That's basically exactly what we do for, for anyway. But, um, uh, I, uh, Augie, I found out uh, how to prevent the camera from overheating, by the way. Turns cool. out that the battery cool. the battery's overheating, and that's that's what's causing it to overheat. So if we so just switch it on directly, plug in. Yeah, or if I get one, since we record the stuff in the, in the car anyway, um, for... Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you'll be going to next Anime Expo, but I just need to bring a, um, a car charger, and I can. It'll make the heat source at the base instead of in the camera, and we can record for a lot longer. Is it like a DSLR type camera or a camera? Um, it's a mirrorless camera. Um, it 
supposedly people claim it overheats because of the bokeh effect. Um, but I've never seen my camera actually give me a bokeh effect, which is like when, when it like crystallizes the light source into like a lens flare type thing, um, uh, for the stuff that's out of focus. Um, but, uh, I don't know. It just, it's always been an issue. Um, and it seems to be getting worse. At least all the, all the first impressions I've recorded with duo in, uh, in Arizona, um, which granted Arizona is a little bit hotter, but still when we record in the middle of the night, it shouldn't be a big deal, but the camera has been overheating a lot lately and it's getting really I just really say that good. because DSLRs are meant to take photo photos. So they're not yeah. meant to like make videos for hours on end. Right. Right. Uh, and that's obviously been an issue. Um, anyway, so here's another crossover with Attack on Titan, Raccoon Corpse, uh, for the latest Rascal collaboration. So they basically are just taking scenes from, I don't, I don't know what Rascal is. I'm, I, I don't know if it's just like a sticker booklet or something. I don't know, but they're, they're basically just taking the stuff from the scenes from the show for the characters. They put them in the, uh, the, you know, hoods for the, the character. And then they took characters and turned them into from a Gretsuko chan or whatever type type style. Yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on. Um, the AI Haro gets a Char's counterattack upgrade. Oh, that. Uh, Char uh, figure joins the Gundam guy's generation line. So this, considering you can take off the helmet, so it's, it's pretty cool. This is a pretty neat uh, figure. Um, this looks like two separate figures based on the lighting but i find I think it, it weird how they like add shading to the paint when they don't realize there's real natural lighting <laughs> yeah what the is specimen. that called there's a oh okay so you're saying that they lit it they that's what you're saying is they lit it themselves with the painting and Basically. then the actual yeah then the but actual they don't, light they don't take into consideration that it's a figure in real life so there's yeah. real light sources so you so don't have you, to add when you shadow. see it when you see it from this angle you still see the it, same it light. Works. It works from this angle. When you see it from this angle, it doesn't. Because <laughs> you're seeing the the shading is what you're saying on the side instead of on the edges. Pretty much. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, I think they went a little overboard with, with it on the pants. Unless he's supposed to be wearing satin or something, which I really don't think so. Hey, Lance. Or if it's like, um, I don't know, battle scars and dirt and yeah, stuff. So that's it, there's a technique when you're doing like games workshop stuff, like uh, Warhammer, Warhammer 40k and whatever, um, where you you sort of dry brush in some black flecks or whatever to, to get into the darker areas to add more detail. But yeah, in this situation on his thing here, you're right. That's a, that was a, actually a really good point you made um, regarding the, that. I'm glad you brought that up. Anyway, continuing overlord gets one. I think this one has a light. Yeah. See, look at that. This one doesn't have any hey, shadows on the mask. Sorry, you guys are both talking at the same time. Say that again. This one doesn't have the shadows. What did you say, Aga? Augie? Uh, it includes the mask that he wears to hide himself. I don't see yeah, it. He wears, he wears that mask in season you one. Mean, you mean oh, this? Right there. Yeah, that's the mask. That's a picture He'll from cover the himself up. say it comes with the... I don't see any pictures of it actually in the... It might say in the description. Well, anyway... Um... I haven't uh, watched the show. Figures, so I, don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna continue. I want to really speed through these. Uh, Gun Gale online figure recreates moment from the first episode. I don't know why. I just like. I like the character design for yeah, this character, okay. so I, I always like to look at him. And then uh, Otakuso wanted me to share this large ReZero Rem figure retails for over two thousand dollars. 
I thought it was one of those Enjoy. life-size ones, but it's like... Is it uh, not? It's, only, it's 70 centimeters. Well, how, not, how tall is that? Well, that's because it's I mean, not a full figure. It's only that. like they chopped oh, up the bust. The whole... Like, so it ends at the waist or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's called a bust, isn't it? Every time yeah. I hear, oh, it's a bust, well, I think bust... it's literally a figure of their boobs. Well, a bust technically usually ends like right here. Because it's like it's like the sh the shoulders are usually cut off and it ends right here. On, on Crunchyroll, I saw there was other pictures where it showed the end of it. I'm like, oh, I don't want that. <laughs> like if it's a full figure, maybe, but not half a figure. Well, I definitely wouldn't spend two thousand dollars, even if it was a. I mean, yeah, right, you know. exactly. But I'm just saying, get Haruko style with a new FLCL apparel line, so. Basically, just this jacket and a purse <laughs> and a watch. And and I the thing I love about this is it's get Haruko style with the new FLCL apparel line. It's like if you're a guy, so it, it's like I guess a girl could use this as a purse, but um, the photos are of a guy wearing the jacket and modeling all the anyway. Um, card capture soccer yeah. exhibition in Tokyo offers 150 original limited items. So, again, this is like. When you make, like in Japan, if you make a successful franchise, you could just sell literally anything with it on it. Is this the, uh, I thought these were the, the candies from, uh, from. Gary the Fireflies. Gary the Fireflies. <laughs> now in Sakura theme. There you go. Okay, I'm just going to scroll through. Anyway, tote bag, tote, tote bag. Keep it clean with cells at work antibacterial spray. And again, I say this is this is what I was talking about. They just keep uh, they'll put it they'll put it on anything and you'll buy it. I'll give that one a bit more credit just because because at least pretty... it's themed. Yeah, we're about to get into some that are not quite as uh, forgivable. Uh, so first of all, Pokemon Scream in honor of Edward Munch exhibit. So there you go. Um, exhibit. Yeah, so they're doing an exhibit of the artist who painted the screen, the famous uh, painting. They're just going to make the 50 only one that variants. actually feels appropriate is the uh, the Psyduck one. Yeah, because yeah, he has a they, reason to scream. Enough. None of them are distorted enough for uh, for for the actual like to actually replicate it. Um, and well, I, they I have think to it's keep Pikachu and Eevee cute enough that people will want to buy yeah, it. True. But the, the thing that's funny is that these are these are special edition for the card game. Oh God! Right. Like, can you even? I just it blows. First of all, it blows my mind that there's people are still playing the card game in Japan or anywhere really. <laughs> um, and second of all, I just of, of all the things to put into the Pokemon card game, it's in honor of the Edward Munch exhibit <laughs> for this painting. <laughs> We're literally just, like, what is this exhibit? Is it just that painting? I'll be looking forward <laughs> to Max Mofo unboxing those. Like when you go to the Louvre, it's like, yeah, you're really just there to see the Mona Lisa, but the other stuff on the way there is nice to see. <laughs> Mona Lisa is really overrated, and it's way smaller than you think it is. For the Louvre, now, I'm baffled that they chose a glass pyramid to put all this stuff in. So one last thing about about the Mona Lisa. This this cracked me up so bad when I saw it. Um, first of all, you you go through this museum, and then when you get to the Mona Lisa, there's a huge crowd of people around it, all trying to take photos and stuff. Even though you're probably not supposed to. Literally, if you're standing right in front of the uh, the Mona Lisa, 
And they may have moved things, but when I was there, this is how it was. You're standing right in front of it. You turn around so that you're facing the same exact direction as the painting is. Walk straight. And at the end of the hall, at the end of the room, when it goes into the outer hallway, there is literally a statue of Hermaphrodites facing the Mona Lisa. It's a Greek yeah. statue of a woman with breasts and a dick <laughs> facing the Mona Lisa. Not even kidding. Wow. I thought I, I always got a kick out of it. I thought it was the funniest thing. It's like people are all coming for this for this uh painting, and directly opposite it is a hermaphrodite statue. <laughs> Get Attack on Titan tweezers inspired by the ultra hard steel blade. Oh boy. So continuing, now this is pretty, uh, like we were saying about the antibacterial spray and, and whatnot. Um, if you could actually use this part of the uh, blade as the part where you're squeezing it to make the, the pinging happen rather than just holding it like a normal pair of tweezers, maybe I'd give him uh, some credit there, even though it doesn't make any sense for how the actual thing's supposed to work, right? But uh, look at this next one. International Assassin Gogo 13 teams up with King Oscar Sardines. There you go. Wow, I see the connection already. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. So, uh, Reese says the Mona Lisa is the waifu for normies. <laughs> all right. Miscellaneous news, and then we can be done with articles. All right. Otaka, so... Uh, <laughs> e Castro says, "Holy shit, my mom buys that brand <laughs> of sardines." <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Otakuzo had me share this one, and they they had noted something that I would also note that there's been a lot of weird um, crime associated with Love Live this year. So a Love Live car was involved in a pedestrian hit and run in Japan. Um, this weekend in uh, Numazu, Japan, a female pedestrian was hit and knocked over by a car, which then sped off. The driver didn't get far, though, because his car was, shall we say, distinct. It was painted with a character from Love Live Sunshine. Uh, so anyway, yeah, it looks like uh, the way they worded that sounds like she didn't even get. She's, oh, I got knocked over. <laughs> you know, not like broke a hip or anything. I got turned into a bust statue. <laughs> um. Ultraman Archives introduces a new generation of tokusatsu. So this is something we were discussing. Did we discuss this on the podcast or was this pre-podcast? I was trying been? to mention... We discussed this pre-podcast, but I was going to try and mention it earlier. On Crunchyroll, they're about to expire the Ultraman licenses on there. As Does well Crunchyroll as have some, the show or just some the of anime? the Digimon actions? I don't think they have uh, any of the anime. The live action yeah. stuff. Okay. So um, this, when I first saw this, I thought Ultraman Archives was a um, a streaming service, but I didn't understand why the why the pictures here were in black and white because I think that the first show for Ultraman was in color, wasn't it? The seventy eight one. Is that the first been, one? Uh, Ultra Q might have been in black and white. I'm not sure. Well, um, it turns out that uh, a lot of the stuff for this archive, it's actually like um, production set photos and whatnot. Um, so what the purpose of this is, is as they said, to introduce a new generation of tokusatsu. So because, because, uh, at, okay. Like with, with common rider or, uh, the super sentai, the Himitsu sentai go ranger, um, with any of those things, 
they've had such a long, or even Doctor Who is a good example you guys might get, is that there's, since there's so much to them, well, with Tokusatsu especially, it's it's harder to appreciate because as different from Doctor Who, um, since they're just suits, like the Common Rider suits, they'll have, they'll have scenes in Common Rider where all the previous Common Rider characters show up um, to battle the, the villain. And it's like 30 or 150 even, uh, I think was a recent one. There's 150 different common Rider characters that had spanned back, you know, since the sixties or whatever. Um, and they all showed up in this, in this movie or whatever, um, because it's just the suit. You could put literally anybody in it. Um, but that makes it hard to appreciate without having all that backlogged knowledge, uh, of the series. Um, so I, they were creating, the Ultraman archives for the purpose of anybody who is, this is way before their time to be able to promote these series. Um, anyway, you guys have anything else you want to say about this or should we talk about the Godzilla constellation? Godzilla. Godzilla lives on forever as NASA designated constellation. That's so, awesome. <laughs> we have, you know, the ones that like the ancient Greeks and Romans identified and whatnot. <laughs> and then we've got Godzilla. <laughs> this NASA is the NASA up in uh, Maryland. Uh, are, you, are, you, are you trying are you trying to say this is the less official NASA? No, I'm trying to point out which one for those who want to look up the article, find out which NASA since it's all there's multiple spots that name this to just kind of reduce the research for them. What if, what if the other like, NASA's uh, like, okay, well this one's Mothra then, and it's going to beat up <laughs> your NASA designated. It's like, seriously though, it's some guy at NASA. I just, it just seems like the most, like, how do you even, it's like when you buy a plot on the moon, like, first of all, well, when we have inter intergalactic space travel and you could literally go to the moon in 15 minutes or something like that, um, is that going to hold up in court that you bought that plot in like the, the 70s, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and second of all, uh, like it just seems like such an arbitrary weird thing to designate a, a cluster of stars as being a constellation. And this like, is the was Pico there a, constellation. Was there some sort of consortium of, of constellation designation that, that they had to go through? Or did some guy at NASA just look up at the stars and say, oh, that one looks like Godzilla? And Reese then there's says there's one for Mecha Godzilla too. Yeah. Can you scroll down slightly? I want to see if the fire is part of the... Yeah, the fire is part of the constellation. Yep. <sighs> Godzilla doesn't even really... This is like Trogdor level fire. This, this, Godzilla has like a beam, doesn't he? It is fire technically, but it looks like a beam. I used to think it was laser when I was when I was I young. Yeah, it, it looks like, like laser. Brad, it looks like the bottom photo is that that uh, deal that you were upscaling, <laughs> and the up is the upscale. Yeah, he's, what he's talking about is the job I did um, just before the new one I just got. Um, I was tasked with taking these uh, coloring books that were designed like ten years ago um, that are like an online, I think, like paint and fill service um that were done in like ms paint and they were really crappy and i had to i had to modernize them and up upgrade the the picture you're totally right they don't look this bad but they right. were pretty <laughs> they were pretty bad by comparison anyway so i'm going to move on here to uh um fuji aoi becomes yeah. first vtuber virtual youtuber to collaborate with pacific league baseball 
Why is this important? I've never heard of. Yeah, why is this important? It's not, but it leads into Kizuna Ai lands a role in the anime adaptation of Ingress. Now, I've been talking about this anime adaptation of Ingress for a long time, and for anybody who, who hasn't been to the previous podcast, uh, Ingress was the game, the cell phone game, that Niantic built and then basically just turned into Pokemon Go. So I don't have any idea how you turn a game like that into an anime. So that's been the topic here. Now, now, as if I as if I wasn't curious enough about how they're going to turn it into an anime, I got to see it now for this. Just to just to see how this is going to be in, incorporated. Um, I'd also like to, uh, I think it would be fun to, to get in on the, the VTuber uh, technology and sort of like just see what you could do with it. I think there was a Crunchyroll article telling you how you can become a VTuber. Is that the next one? No. But, okay. Uh, but it's like, yeah, you can download this app and then you're a VTuber. <laughs> virtual YouTuber Kizuna Ai is also appointed as Akihabara's virtual tourism ambassador. So uh, this this YouTube channel uh, is sure getting uh, getting around. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Does that mean that Brad is the Arizona VTuber ambassador to freaking play <laughs> whatever this character right here um was at the gridman premiere this vtuber um oh, there's a video yeah. there's a video on youtube of this of this vtuber at the premiere and we i i watched like a hawk the entire video to see if we showed up in that video and we missed it by probably 30 seconds um, being on camera like they we may have literally been in the recording and gotten snipped out uh because like they were cutting out the beginning and ending of the of the clip to shorten it for what they wanted to show um although we did leave during the uh credits or after the credits before the panel so maybe maybe we're maybe maybe they recorded it after the panel which makes more sense so maybe we weren't but anyway just mentioning that that character has a uh thing and speaking of Gridman. This was pretty interesting. Um, so this is Cybertron.com and the Ultimate Transformers website. Somebody had noticed something interesting regarding the premiere of Gridman. And unfortunately, this article is written before better images were available. So you're not some of these aren't going to be as clear. But basically, um, is shattered I don't know what this means. A shattered glass anime. Is this a is this is shattered glass a comic book of uh, Transformers or something? So it says here, this person on Twitter points out the characters representing classics, Cliff Jumper and Shattered Glass Sideswipe, as well as many others in the subsequent replies, including Rev. Okay, so anyway, the bottom line is that the character designs for the characters seem to be referencing Transformers characters. So this uh, is Hibiki Yuta, the, the main character. He seems to be um, Cliff Jumper. And then I forget this guy's name, but uh, he's the secondary character. He seems to like color scheme wise, like look at the slash and the eight and everything and the slash over the, uh -huh. you know, so like it's very clear that this was intentional, right? Um, the girl whose name I forgot looks like that, right? Um, this character who has like a purple outfit, which again, they, there are better images available now. Uh, looks like uh, uh, Optimus, Optimus Purple Prime. Prime. Yeah. Uh, and you can see that um, his windshield is cracked and her glasses are cracked, right? So, like, oh there's God. a 
huge amount of detail being uh, um, taken for some reason of of Transformers, which is bizarre because the show is from Subaraya, right? It's not, and Transformers isn't a Subaraya uh, uh, product, is it? I have no idea. Not sure. So anyway, here they're referencing the hair clip being in reference to this. I'm not. I mean, the color scheme, like the black and red and white, seems to support that, but I don't see the exact thing they're talking about. But there are other ones coming up that are very much like. Look at this jacket. That. I mean, it's it's nuts. And this one is supposed to be the lapel um, things, uh, right? You can see these. Continuing down here, hers are the uh, you know these things. His, I guess, or this one. It could be anything with him, though. Um, so anyway, I just thought that was really crazy, uh, like that somebody not only noticed it, but that the detail is so specific to like the crack in the glasses, and the uh, the slash in the eight and everything. I just thought that was pretty nuts. So anyway, hey, answer man segment. What's the difference between a license and a distribution detail? Do you guys want me to read this real quick? It's pretty short. I can I can summarize it real quick. So the difference between distribution. And license. The difference is if it's a distribution, that's that's when the Japanese company does all the work and has a local company distribute it for them. Whereas a licensing is where the local company takes it from, buys it from the licensor, and develops their release to bring out to the public. Why this matters is if they, if the Japanese company distributes it, that means that they're assuming all the risk. While the same can be said for the for the licensing of the local company as well. So you have like different. Why I wanted to point this out is. This is something that can affect how much one release can have or cannot have, as opposed to other value, other variables that you can look into for a release, if that makes any sense. So I'm going to simplify this uh, for the audience. Basically, if you license a show, you're doing all the legwork. If you distribute a show, they're doing all the legwork, and and you're basically just the storefront um, in a way, or, or you're the you're basically the the company that is pu pushing the product to the storefronts, like to Best Buy, to Fry's, to Right Stuff, um, you know, and, and to Amazon and whatnot, right? Um, so distribution in this case, they're saying that Pony Canyon pays to to subtitle the show, dub the show, put their own logo on it and everything. Um, and they do everything on their side. Uh, and then it gets um, distributed by perhaps another company or a subsidiary in the States. Like right stuff. Same. Right. And, and that was it. That's it. Okay. So that means that we are done with the articles for this uh for this podcast, and we can move on to Watch Club. So for this Did Watch Club, we watched Higurashi no Nakakoro ni Kai and Higurashi no Nakakoro ni Rei. Season 2, season two season and three. what's known as Season 3, 
but is actually just a five episode OVA. I mean, it is still season three, technically. Is it? Yeah, that's what it's it called, season three. It doesn't really seem like a third season to me. Right. I agree. It feels more like a encore OVA, but yeah, that's what the box says. Especially because the uh, the well, I want not the major, almost half the episodes because there's five. So two two out of the five episodes are not an arc; they're just standalone gag special episodes, like a like an OVA would usually be. Right. Uh, for me, for this series, you have season one. All all three seasons I consider a mystery. Season one would be more of the horror element. Whereas season two, kind of similar to the Alien franchise, this one's more action-based for me. And the third season, the one that actually has a plot to it, felt more like a drama than anything. Actually has a plot? A drama. <laughs> well, it, we'll get more into it later on, I guess. But how did y'all feel about it? I... So Oh, real quick, for people who are who weren't here for the last podcast, um, we talked about season one last podcast. Um, so today we're going to be we you know we can reference back to season one, but just for the record, most of our thoughts have already been established there. Um, so anyway, go ahead, uh, FTDM. Um, before I get into it, we sh after, right after this we should do our new initiative. We were talking about the whole would you recommend it type thing, but ahead, um. Yeah. To sum it up, I'd say season one is a very different show in a lot of ways, like how it focuses on, well, first of all, the main group of five or six whatever characters. And this one is more so focused on Rika, and then it kind of branches out to everyone and uh, Blondie, uh, Mio. Satoshi? Oh, Mio. Okay. Takano? But, um... Yeah, so this one is very, there's very little uh, what I consider like horror and all that thriller stuff. It doesn't give yeah. you like a huge sense of fear. It's more, I guess, yeah, mystery. It's just digging into the, to the, I don't know, the meat of the story and trying to get, get everything to come together. And like, I really enjoyed season one. And this one, I enjoyed pretty much the same amount for a different experience i guess you could say and as augie said this one feels more like an action something or other but there is not as much action until the end but yeah it's like espionage whatever blah 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 crap so, black syndicate yeah blah. i i would say that um to augie's point of comparing this to Alien, and you can make the same comparison to uh, Terminator because it's the same thing. First movie is a horror movie. Second movie is an action movie, right? So Aliens is an action movie. Terminator 2 is an action movie, whereas the first one was a, um, you know, attack, getting you know, running away kind of movie, you know, um, although it right. was still somewhat action, right? But just different. Um, right. But uh, I wouldn't say it's a direct correlation. The first series is definitely horror. Um, and it's sort of a tragedy, despair type horror um, yeah. where nobody wins. The second series is, uh, I don't want to say suspense, but it is more mystery, sol solving the mystery. And the thing is that um, 
let's let's get into if do you recommend have... watch season one? What do you think after season one? Going into season two and, and season three, I know FDM. I don't think you got to watch season three. Um, no. So what do you for, think? Do you recommend for it? Me it on this, for me on this regard, if season one didn't build up the other clues and possibilities, then get into season two, I would say no. But because it did that, and I could see where it kind of morphed from one thing, then goes to the another. Like it has a... We're me, working under like the assumption that people have already seen I season I would recommend one. this. Okay. Right. So here's, what, here's how I'm going to say it. I think season two is like watching Dragon Ball GT. Okay. So season one, I think is definitely worth seeing. It's a really different show than any other type I've seen. Um, but when it comes to, uh, when it comes to season two, they change course in a way that I personally didn't like, but in the same way that, um, and I actually like Dragon Ball GT, but speaking to the way most people view it, um, when it comes to viewing it in sort of as the Dragon Ball GT version of Higurashi, um, you can enjoy it for what it is, but also sort of separate it from from the canonical uh, connection to season one in your own head for your own enjoyment. Um, and the reason I say that is because um, for me, this is something that apparently I'm the, uh, from what I know of our grid man, first impressions I've been editing, I'm the only one who has this opinion, apparently, that I don't think you need to solve mysteries. Um, I think shows can be interesting on the premise alone that you just like, this is a world where this happens. When I jump into the first Higurashi, I prefer it that we're just watching this tragedy uh, play out in many different ways. I don't need it to be explained that Rika is able to reset her lifespan after she gets killed in each arc. I don't need that. I, I think that that to me um, is less interesting when you try to explain it. I, I was more on board with it as just uh, like it, for me, I was hoping season two would just be like four or five more arcs. Zethus Thorn says, I may get a Nintendo Switch for Christmas. Any tips? Uh, I don't have a Nintendo Switch. Here's my tip. Wait till the new one that's more powerful comes out because you'll have better performance on your game so you won't have drop frames Did, on the Does that come out wild. before Christmas? I mean, no, but I'd hold out to get so, a better... So then that's the tip. See, see if... Uh, I mean, I don't know who's getting it for you, assume, assuming it's your parents. See if uh, you can convince them to put a fund towards whatever the new one will be. Um, well, the thing tip is, is planning to stuff. announce it right after Christmas, so everyone who got one for Christmas will be like, because <laughs> <laughs> it's only leaked at this point yeah. that oh, there's going to be a new switch. It's inevitable, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, my, two, so, uh, my tip is to get Disgaea five and Disgaea one, and you should be good. <laughs> All right. Um, what were we saying? It was. We're, like, talking about, we're talking about how how I was saying that. For Higurashi no Nakukoro ni Kai. Oh yeah, the um, mystery. So I would have preferred it if they had just continued with the premise of the first season. I didn't hate the new character they brought in, Hanyu, um, that was Oyashiro Sama or whatever. I didn't I didn't mind that character, but um I didn't like that they used it to explain that oh yeah, Rika being the reincarnation, uh every time she dies, Hanyu uses this magical power and basically turns back the clock. And and it's you 
I think it was Duo who brought this up um, last podcast that um, that there was a reading Steiner ability, sort of like that from, was me. That was you. So um, that coming through, uh, not realizing because the whole first season, I'd I'd have to watch it again to to really see. It didn't feel like they betrayed the premise of the second season. Where Rika, because they didn't really focus on from Rika's perspective, except for the second time they've revisited that one arc um, from the perspective of Mion, and you saw Rika like kill herself uh, with the knife again. Um, so it just seemed it seemed weird to take that twist. And again, uh, last podcast when we were talking about the first season, I was talking about how. Um, I really hated the fact that I preferred the idea that it, that it was a curse and not, uh, a parasite or whatever that Hinamizawa syndrome. Right. Um, and they introduced this new concept that Rika is the queen host. And if she left the town, everybody would start showing symptoms. So basically the point, which made no sense to me is that. Takano's entire drive for it was really dumb, right? About she needed to bring about this thing by validation for her grandfather's research. Yeah, but the thing is though, the thing is though that she wasn't actually bringing about the validation. She was just killing the whole town. I think the, the purpose of that was because if it would be evidence that there is clearly some whatever disease that is forcing these people to kill themselves or whatever. And then the huge story would have to break because they can't just but simply the thing cover is, up. The thing is that she could have literally, if it was true, she could have literally just killed Rika at any time to get rid of the queen house and right. then let the town go to shit. They didn't actually need to use the stupid volcano thing. It literally works against her for that volcano gas story where they were actually just pumping, they were killing everybody with a, a devised plan, right, of, the, of gas that they were blaming on volcanic gas. Right, they literally all they had to do is actually just kill Rika and let it happen. If and and that would prove the theory. It's almost like she didn't actually believe in the theory, and they needed to make sure that um, that in order to validate. Okay, so it was confusing in when you when you're introduced to the characters because you first are introduced to the guy who adopts her, and she calls him grandpa. It's not actually her grandpa, and the research is actually her dad's research who died that that guy then takes over but it seems throughout the thing as though she's more more connected to the adoptive grandfather character rather than her father right and it just again it, it made no sense to me whatsoever that she didn't just kill rika and let the town go to shit rather than this dumb like everybody in a hazmat suit spraying uh, locking people in buildings and pumping gas in to kill them it made no sense to me well, it, the whole situation doesn't make sense, but I think she was just angry that her funding was cut and she didn't have anywhere else to go after the three years was over with. The I thought, other, good. I was going to say, I thought that her, at least the sentiment that she was, I don't know, that she wanted to validate her grandpa's research, I was like, I was fine with that and how... Sure. Like all yeah. the way she was built up as a character, the motivation made sense. The way she went about it didn't. Right, it could be. I'm not going to say it's because of Hinamizawa syndrome that she had that stupid plan, but it could be like she's crazy, whatever. 
So she's obviously not going to have the buttery smooth plan, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still like, plan. it's I'm not going to say interesting that my... we're talking about this after Steinsgate. <laughs> Why? Because... I wouldn't know. <laughs> well, in Stein, uh, Augie, uh, mute us real quick. Are you muted? I'll, I'll thumbs up when is when we're ready. Turn so your in, ears off. In Steinsgate, there's a um, a portion where um, where we learned that Mister Braun is part of this thing called the Rounders, and I mentioned in that podcast that for me, there's no possible way that I would learn that information and be able to go back in time and live. Knowing that without it being so weird that I would have to relocate. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know? Remember? So with this, when we learn Augie, come back. <laughs> now he's on his phone. Anyway, with this, when um when uh when we learned that that the clinic with specifically Dr. Irie was also involved, um that felt like a similar thing where i i wouldn't you be it, it ruined you can't you can't like knowing that destroys the relationship these characters have to a point where i wouldn't be able to trust them ever again well i, you know I, I was i was skeptical in the same way with uh with irie because it said oh he was researching bioweapons but then when he made it clear that he was for a cure or whatever then i was like okay that's fine whatever um I want to backtrack a little bit with, uh, oh, God. I might have already forgotten. It was something to do with the way that it was a different show or how it felt like a different show. Okay. Uh, well, basically, they unravel the mystery, right? And you learn that, okay, so this entire time, the person who's been behind it was Takano, who in the first season we hear was oh, okay, I remember. and killed. Okay. I remember it. So um, the way I your sentiment with how you would have preferred it to be mysterious, like a curse and all that stuff, I I get the feeling like it gives you that sense of whole. Oh, this is so creepy and weird. I I understand that, but the reason that I think most horrors like why it doesn't why horror doesn't appeal to me is because everything always is horrible in the end, and nothing is like there's no payoff. It's just senseless murder curse whatever paranoia and then it's over i want some sort of resolution so getting rid of all that mystery which i'm about to get into more is that's like you kind of need that if you want and for me to have a successful horror that you care about the way it ends or whatever that type of thing now to, to add on to that the reason this season felt a lot different as well is because we were getting clarity to a lot of these mysteries that I, I don't want to say that the magic was lost. It's just because you are transparent with what is going on for some of these things, like who these mysterious men are and all that crap. You're not, you don't have that sense of fear or mystery anymore. So that's right. why it felt a lot more like an action, whatever later on, because, because they were on, they were on active retaliation they were on defense and trying to like that you're right so when they learn when once the characters know what's who's behind it they start every arc past that point is how do we stop them rather than oh we're doomed to the curse right and people are just going crazy left right. 
you brought up characters in the second arc. In my two my two cents, they improved a lot of the characters. Like the second granny wasn't second an old season. second okay. season. Okay. Second season, the granny wasn't a complete bitch. So the yeah, there was a lot less Hinamizawa syndrome in the 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 second yeah. season had almost none of it. Like nobody went crazy. I, really, I don't think I mentioned this in the first uh, season's podcast, but the giant theme, the overarching theme of this entire show, is trust and betrayal. Basically, you just have yeah. it's your sense of trust with your friends that is the reason that you're falling into this Hinamizawa syndrome and all that yeah. crap. The, uh, and the last because episode... their trust, as their trust increases, the Hinamizawa Zawa syndrome decreases and everyone doesn't look crazy and all that crap. And I think that's done really well. Yeah, that last episode um, of season two was like a bizarrely shonen ending. Shonen ending? Yeah. Yeah. At the the end, she goes, she goes, you ever play old maid? Right? And it's like, no, we play play old old man. Right? And it's like, it's like, that has literally nothing to do with anything. You're just looking for meaning out of nowhere for a one-off <laughs> line. That was so dumb. But that's a typical shonen well, thing for to the do. A- well, for their age group, it makes sense. That also makes brings me to the thought I had as well, which was how this show felt more meta as the thing as uh, the mystery was all resolving and yeah. unraveling, because. It made it as soon as all that was gone. It felt like an anime that was made today that had these edgy, dark themes. Like it didn't feel. Season one gave you this weird feeling that no other anime really gives you. It's like holy crap, this is weird. This is scary. I I haven't felt this in any other show. But with this, it felt like every other show. It felt more meta. Well, it felt more meta my- because they. They were able to piece the puzzle pieces together exactly. to figure it out. And it was kind of address, more... I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, Augie. I'm just saying the, okay. cost, the the way that it ended up because of that. It makes all it makes sense. So the three arcs in season two was the Disaster Awakening, which I think was five episodes, something like that. Mass Slaughter, which I think was eight episodes, and then the entire rest of the show was festival orchestrated. Don't forget the prologue for episode one. Okay. There's also the prologue. So my favorite yeah. arc from season two was mass slaughter. And the reason why is because this is um, the first point where Rika feels like she actually has a chance at circumventing the problem. And repeatedly throughout that arc, Han Yu says, don't get your hopes up. And she's actually talking to the audience. Not just Rika. Anya says that. I thought Rika was saying. I don't know. No, I think I think Rika was feeling um, optimistic for the first time in many many different um, worlds that they had been through, um, to the different world lines to use a uh, Steinsgate terminology, um, and that Hanyu kept saying like, "Don't get your hopes up." And that was the difference between mass slaughter arc and the last arc, the orchestrating one, is that. Um, in that last one, and that was the dumb shonen ending, was that uh, you had to believe too in order for us to succeed. Once you were there, we it was all the parts we needed, right? Um, I think that was their optimistic way of saying why they succeeded. Right, but I'm just saying that that in Mass Slaughter, that particular character didn't wasn't on board. She wasn't as optimistic. And I'm saying that the whole time, um, the the show is telling you, hey, don't get too attached. Don't don't feel like this is going to go well. You know, 
don't get your hopes up. Uh, and then at, at, they literally have, well, I mean, you don't watch the show, but there's, there's the, uh, this, the scene in walking dead where Negan shows up and, uh, with the baseball bat, um, they basically do that except with a gun at, at the end of the mass slaughter arc. Like everybody gets rounded up and killed. Right. Um, and it's like the whole time it's like, um, don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. And then it's like, bam, like here's why you should have gotten your hopes up. Um, so I thought that was, I thought that was real because it's such a different take from what the previous um, season had to offer uh, where finally, like, I forget what happens in season in the first arc of season two. Is that where we learn about Takano? Is that her backstory? Or do we not learn that till the I think, third arc? I think we, at the end of that, we might find out that it is Takano, but um, Be it's because off from Rika Rika's giving drugs to, what's her name, Hojo. In, <laughs> in Rika's perspective, we see um, in, in the mass slaughter arc, that's the one where she finds out it's Takano, and she's working... Right. really hard to in to get that in her reading Steiner type ability, right? To be able to remember. Like well, it sounds like Hanyu is the one that remembers everything and just relays everything to Rika. Ooh. Dude, what? Did what? you, you watch like, the whole show yesterday? Yeah, because Hanyu had to tell Rika. I think you Rika. missed a lot because Rika, Rika specifically mentions the fact that like I didn't remember until like three episodes into that final arc or whatever. And then well, it starts well, yeah, becoming... Like, I, I, I don't know how it works. It made it sound like she wanted to make her personal reading Steiner work so she wouldn't have to rely on Hanyu. And then Hanyu told her blah, blah, blah. But actually, why? I don't think the... Hanyu remembered either, though. I don't think she had the same... Uh... Well, she did because she looked over and saw Takano and was like, oh, yeah, that's right. She's blah, yeah, blah, so blah. She regains it once she sees Takano again. And and they sort of both, because they're kind of linked, but they're not linked. Cause they call, they call those after episode things like ask dark Rika. And I couldn't tell if they were referring to Hanyu or if they were referring to Rika when she doesn't do the cutesy voice. Are those the things that you were? Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Are, are those the things that you said, oh. skip the ending, those okay. segments? I said, those segments are kind of important. What do you mean they're important? They spoil the talking, next episode. I was talking specifically about the mass slaughter arc when I when I said that. Um, but, but I mean, is it those segments or the actual yes. ending? Okay. I'm okay. talking about the segments. In fact, uh, it's like you said, skip all yeah, of them. And two I episodes. Said, festival orchestrating kind of important that you watch afterwards. Yeah, I said for the mass slaughter arc. Okay, here, let me screen share our moments. I know what you said. I just said that to clarify. Uh, yeah. Going back so, to the first episode of season two, form, uh, it pretty on? much was just a. Ex it pretty much concluded more of a atone atonement from season one. That was the last arc in it. Which one was atonement? Is that the one that when, was? Uh, Rena was going crazy. That, oh right, right, yeah. Rena was going crazy and had the bat battle on top of the school. On top of the school. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Augie, I just want to point out you, you had put out yeah. the Pepperidge Farm thing. Um, I never mentioned this. The CGI For on this looks Rena, terrible. I was going to say, um, well, in the final, you haven't seen Ray. There's a scene in Ray where there's actually some water in it that looks really bad. But for how old this show is, it was ridiculously well integrated into the shots. It's pretty well integrated, but when you notice it, you're just like, oh. I can't unsee it now. 
I, you know, it, it really. I think that they animated it at the proper frame rate. It looked fine to me. It really didn't bother me, considering how bad it usually looks in an anime. And especially I know, it didn't how bother me, but I was just like, oh, that's so 2006, man. Well, I, I just think what? it's to me, this it is the only well, place so. they used it. I don't, it is. I, I'm not sure they. I don't even think they used it in, in the vehicles. By the way, that was actually the one part in season two that got me uh, feel it. That was the first arc, I think, where um, where we see Takano kill Tomitake, and then she takes the bike, and that's why the bike was in the back in season one. When she made when because because that was the one thing that made it okay in season one is that uh, Takano seems to know. Uh, in that one arc that Keiichi killed somebody. Yeah. When he's when he's coming back with his bike in the middle of the rain and stuff, and he's like, yeah, I left my shovel. I had to go back for it. Right? So, um, anyway. Uh, Augie, do you want me to go through these real quick? Uh, sure, if you want. I didn't put too too much yeah, into it. I think but... these are literally all of them. These three are here. So, for you, at least. When watching When They Cry Season 2, uh, give all of the accumulated situations so far in the show Mass Slaughter Character 3 has been a satisfying stress relief. Should have said slaughter. Chapter 3. Chapter 3, okay. You meant <laughs> yeah, Arc that's... 3. Okay. Yeah. The that principal has been an excellent care character. That yeah, that was interesting. Guy. Oh, wait, was that from season one or season two where Sadako, where they get Sadako See, out of the... That was from season one, right? Season two is when they get... Actually, season, no. In both that seasons, was season they two. get that's Sadako. Two. The one where they rally everybody and they go to the... Uh, that was um, season, season two. Okay, yeah. That was the yeah, first that's, one. Yeah, that's that episode. Yeah. Um, the principal was, wasn't a character really in the first one. He just rang the bell. And in the visual novel, they actually the mentioned... Him, they say, oh, his, no one can but touch in season his two. He finally talks, and oh my god, it makes sense. Yeah. So this is the segment I was referring to, um, not this particular one. This one was about what it actually says, where they were talking about going to a uh, um, comicette or whatever, and they were they wanted to get a doujinshi oh, yeah. with uh, Keiichi as a dom and Oishi as the sub <laughs> pairing. <laughs> Um, so I said, please uh, tell me this doujin. I think it actually does, believe it or not. This do a doujin was made of is this. Is that one of the rules of the internet? If it exists, there's a doujin of it? <laughs> no, that's rule 34. If it exists, there's porn. No, no, no. no there's, num there's a list of rules. One is okay. if it exists, it's a fetish. Uh -huh. One is if it exists, there's a gender bend of it. And is this one? Anyway, I, don't know. I have a it thing to say about reading Steiner again. Is, the is how the characters... They get their reading Steiner, like all of them, pretty much at one point in season two. But after that's the second last one, I'm pretty sure. But then after it resets, I'm pretty sure the reading Steiner doesn't come back for anyone else. So yeah. Steins Gate, because it had the reading Steiner at the very end, it made the payoff more payoff. I mean, the very end sucked, but if you have the extra episode in the movie, yeah, there's the payoff. But for Higurashi, it didn't appear to me that they got the reading Steiner back, so it's almost a point against them because it feels like maybe it kind of reverted some of the stuff. That... Really, I felt like it. I felt like okay. it handled it in exactly the same way you just described. Because there was only one arc where everybody Rika had it the entire time, just like how um, um, Okabe has it in Steinsgate the entire time. But all the other characters get it just in that one arc, and they don't. 
they barely remember it. It's just like this faint memory of something that they know didn't actually happen. Well, no, so they, they think across. that it's dreams, but it did actually happen. But yeah. in the in the last arc, it didn't. They didn't show any actual signs that it actually happened because it was like, "What you're saying? That wasn't all just a, a manga that you were talking about." Like, I'm not like they obviously were trying to move the plot along and stuff. And this is why I think season three and four would be a good addition because it'll add more time for them to yeah. whatever payoff. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I would have preferred if they did expand more on the characters or something like that, but, um, the majority of was season one for the main group of characters. And yeah, that Reina thing, I was like, whoa, they did change her name, but then she addresses yeah. it in like a minute. That's, that's why I, I misspoke in the last podcast and called her Reina because I, I, I think I had known back when I first watched the show or, or sometime shortly after that, that, that like my, my friend who introduced me to it kept calling her Reina. I knew that it was spelled R E N a, which is not really a name. I don't even think, but um, it isn't. Yeah. I think just she just specifically did that to rebel against her mom right. because it's like, I'm starting a new, which I thought that was a nice way to right. Yeah. Nice. So um, let me, let me address some of the stuff real quick. Um, so I mentioned that the, Chapter five, meaning episode five of the mass slaughter arc in uh, oh, yeah. I had these most stuttery panning shots I think I've ever seen. Episode in, uh, 10. You know why? Well, the entire from, arc. From the upscaling. Because yeah, remember how so bad. Savakis was talking about 29.97 frames and you have to convert that down to 24. I'm pretty sure that it's just like uh, it's a lottery. It Works or why, it would doesn't? It, why would you need to if you're gonna upscale why can't you keep the same frame rate it doesn't make any sense to me the only time that actually makes sense is if is if there are varying frame rates for some reason which well it's the broadcast, interlacing I expect there would be it's the interlacing so it looked really bad and and it just seems to me so they had to downgrade it to 24 frames per second is that what you're saying well, no, the thing is that when they're upscaling the interlacing or something like that, for some reason, it's like the frequency of the, or are they called again? It's not frames, it's the interlace or, or whatever yeah. it's called. The Obviously, the frequency is offset so it looks stuttery because it's not going at the perfect frequency. So, so basically what you're saying is that these Blu-rays are all upscales and they're not actually... Um... Oh yeah, they're all. But here's upscales. the thing: it's it 1080 Yeah, it says on the back 1080i. So why does it even matter? Why if it doesn't 1080i mean it's interlaced? I mean, yeah, but. <laughs> so why why would they even need to correct it? It just seems dumb. It's a, it was very noticeable. I'm just um, explaining why it's stuttery. I'm not sure how they do so it 100. percent Does that mean that the if I open up the DVDs that I also have, would they not be stuttery? Because that was very distracting. It's and possible it's, they could be. So I, sorry, I, wrote here, I wrote here, what, well, did you watch it on D you watched it on DVD, right? I watched yeah, it on that's, how, that's the only yeah. way I got it. So I watched it on Blu-ray and it was stuttery as all get out. I specifically so, want to do a comparison of episode 10 because of that. Okay. So I said, whatever comes after Blu-ray, I hope variable frame rates are a thing because you could easily fix half of these panning shots in post when you're authoring the DVD, because it's literally just the shot being moved. You could retime it and get in between frames to smooth it out. Actually, yeah, that's right, because 
120 hertz TVs do the same thing, interpolating it. Yeah, so it just it just seems like it was bad. Anyway, and I also said skip the after credit segment in chapter seven of the mass slaughter arc, episode twelve of Higurashi no Akakori. It gives away too much. In fact, skip all of them. And I, I I was referring specifically to the mass slaughter arc, but but this one in particular because um, they give away that that shit hits the fan in that uh, thing. Like that that's where it's like everything's like they're laying low, and then all of a sudden it's like freaking attack. You know, like. Every, they come to get you and we've got traps where we're beating people up with baseball bats and shit. Like they gave all that away in the, uh, in the scenes they showed while Rika and uh, Hanyu were talking. So I, that's why I said to skip it. Uh, then here's the Raina thing real quick. Also, this is worth addressing um, real quick. Elon Musk said uh, he liked your name. So he's going to make the world's biggest. Who's that? Elon Musk is the uh, CEO of Tesla. What are you kidding me? God damn it. Uh, how come okay. I can't click on the actual tweet? Here we go. Okay. So he said, love your name, referring to Kimi no Nawa. And oh my God, the comments on this thing are hilarious. First of all, I saw uh, Otaku. So I saw and liked your uh, your tweet to him asking what his favorite hentai was. Oh my God. <laughs> um, second of all, one of these cracked me up so bad. Uh, I just wanted to share it real quick regarding, I, I guess it was a SpaceX explosion that looks just like the meteor from, uh, where is it? Damn it. I should have saved it separately. People asked him if, asked him if he liked uh, Ava and he replied nerve. Like he knew, like he knew well enough about it to actually reference something. Where is it? Damn it. Why didn't I store it separate? It was so funny. It's literally a picture. It looks exactly like a live action version of the meteor from your name, except that it's, it's a photograph of like a failed SpaceX launch. Ah, oh, shit. I don't see it. I'll have to find it, but God, it was so funny. Anyway. Um, uh, then this was, uh, Han Yu saying fire, Fire away your earthly sins that must be passed on. I shall accept them. So I said, so anime Jesus, Jesus is a demon lolly. Yeah, because why not? And then uh, this was from Ray. But uh, later on, Oyashiro, the statue, um, tells Rika, so I took on all of humankind's sins and had a human eliminate me to purge them all together. Yep, <laughs> Again, another Jesus. another Jesus thing here. Um, and then, yeah, we've got the... Uh, uh, <laughs> the solution in, in this one that Rika comes up is shall I land a blow in the gut and make her throw it up and I just said when, when you've lived a hundred years you learn to start with the solution that will work violence <laughs> referring to Rika having lived a hundred years throughout all the different world things and then also this looked like a Keijo reference so I'm going to close this now and we are done with the, the moment so we can just get through the rest of our so I said, I said I said um, Satan but it kind of that same kind I of never me used of... the word Satan. I said demon lolly. <laughs> I said uh, yeah, okay. behind the scenes. I at, It was before I actually finished When They Cry Kai. And I was talking about, I have like three episodes left. And I don't think they addressed once the horns that Hanyu has. And right. after I finished, they never did. So they I just find them. It... They addressed them only in the after credit sequence. Really? <sighs> Yeah, and it's like, oh, they're bleep, bleep, bleep. I'm pretty sure it was like a censor thing. By the way, Augie, um, 
when you said yes. that you said you said Satan, which for the record I didn't. You then you went on to say I'm thinking Malachi from Children of the Corn. You you right. spelled it the way that the Corn album is spelled and not the name of the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that. Uh, the reason I said said that is in the la in the let's see which one die killing no not that one Dice and mass slaughter mass slaughter you have uh, darn it what's what's her name Rika you have Rika actually getting everyone together changing it and you have this one child controlling a mass of people yeah. That which was awesome in the show, but that's the in that uh, movie is so eerily perfect for that role, Malachi and Children of the Corn. Um, yeah, he's like a uh, he's like a cult leader, right? But he's like 12, maybe anyway. But yeah, I get what you're saying. I wasn't referring to uh, Rika though, I was referring to Hanyu. Um, Ah. so. Anyway, do we have anything more? Um, I think we've we've mostly covered for, Kai. For FDM's sake, would you like to save the save Re for next time? That way he can. It's short talk enough. A we could probably just cover I, it. I yeah, I don't think that uh, that it's like we're not really going to ruin anything for you. Um, Let's do the OVAs first, or like the little offshoot one. So public public embarrassment. This one really made me laugh just on the premise alone, which is that um, Keiichi wakes up and is late to go meet with uh, the girls at a water park. So um, because of their weird punishment game where they make each other do like um, humiliating things. He gets out of bed and, and starts riding his bike as fast as he can to not be late because he would have to like be punished for it or whatever. And during his ride, realizes that he forgot his swimsuit. Um, but the but Mion's uncle happens to own the shop that's like right behind him, and he's like, "Hey, you need a swimsuit." He brings him in there, and he's like, he gets him to take a swimsuit that he claims is for um, a duo he claims is for um, like, it's got a magical property that if you put your name in it and wear it for three hours or something that uh, it will make you irresistible in terms of being popular and like girls will be falling at your feet and everything. Um, And he wants him to test it for him. Like, so that like he wants him to be the Guinea pig. And then um, he tells him that Mion had special ordered a male swimsuit of um, a swan where the neck was like what? an erect uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> head protruding from the crotch area right. um, that they were going to yeah. make him wear. So he basically has to wear this other one. And then you find out that um, he read the instructions wrong. And he, he tells him like repeatedly, they're going to try to take the swimsuit from you. Don't let them do it. You have to wear it for three hours. Then he realizes, uh, the shopkeeper realizes that he had misread the instructions. And what it actually says is that the the person's name that you write in the swimsuit, after you wear it for three hours, um, that you will, they will be um, 
drawn to you like it's a love potion kind of thing, right? So he calls Mion and tells Mion, and then they realize if we don't get the swimsuit off of Keiichi, he's going to be uh, a mindless narcissist who's no longer uh, interested in anything but looking himself, looking at himself in the mirror um, for the rest of his life. So they have to get the swimsuit off of him. So that was this ridiculous, crazy premise they set up for it for just this episode. And then it just gets crazy where um, they're at the water park. And of course, Takano's there. Tomitake's there. Oishi's there. Irie's there. Um, and uh, FDM, you brought up how, how thick the male necks are in the show. Yeah. Like they, they're really <laughs> built. Um, Tomitake is ripped uh, underneath his like photographer, uh, outfit, you know, um, he's like super like Marine level buff. Um, but Irie is actually quite skinny. So I don't, I don't think his neck comes across as being too thick. Uh, cause no, you see I think Irie was one of the characters that didn't have a thick neck anyway. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is that, is that the characters who had the thick neck, they were thick because they were either fat like Oishi or they were yeah. built like Tomitake. I don't know. Uh, Something about the art seems particularly like they were all wider for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, I know yeah. where you're coming from. It's just a weird character sign. But anyway, so that's that's that arc, um, and we can okay. come back to that. I'm, I'm just going to stop you before you move on. You're, you're literally just summarizing the entire episode. I'd rather you not tell me. Just say if you like liked oh, it or I, whatever. I have left out that, that's like the that's the premise of the episode. I didn't I didn't summarize. There's, there's more, a lot more than that. Yeah. Um, so right, I, but I don't know. Just I don't know. Just say if you like it or something. <laughs> okay, I, that one is very funny and and fun to watch. Okay, um, I don't remember the daybreak arc. I, it was the last one I watched. I finished daybreak. it today. I do not recall what happened. Oh, that's the that. one where they have the. That's the one where one person swallows a oh, white right, right. sill. The, the, the other one, yeah, yes, yeah. So, the, so basically, it's the that exact was... same premise as the first one. There were there were these two cursed beads that um, that were put under a seal by the Furude family, the the Rikas family. Um, but the the thing that they had. Um, like the offering they had given broke. It was like a teapot or whatever, an incense burner that had broken. Uh, and then it, it made the seal come off. So then those things, for some reason, fell from the sky. Rika swallows one. And then it just becomes a shenanigan of uh, she starts falling in love with whoever has the other one. Um, so that was the other one, right? Then there's a three-episode arc in the middle called Die Killing. And that's what I'm trying to get to here. In so, the middle? Oh, so those the were middle. the... So that's the first and fifth episode, the ones we just talked about. And then the, there's three in the middle that are part of the die killing arc. Now, this arc I was the most bizarre one. arc. And if you wanted to, um, if you wanted to dip out for a minute, um, FDDM, I, I wouldn't be against it. Just because. Okay, just like wave when you're done. Okay, I'll message All you right. uh, on Facebook. This one was kind of more of a what if scenario. Yes. If anything. Yeah. So it was it was bizarre because a lot of weird stuff happened in it. Like so for instance, what happens is that Rika <laughs> tries to kill Sadako in a playful way and then ends up getting run over by a uh, by a truck and dies. And and what happens is that because it happens so fast, Honyu instinctively uses the remaining bit of her power to try to mm. reset again, even though it's like they had just foil talking those planes like well shit we lost rika we got to start over because the whole town with hinamizawa syndrome would have been up in 
flame. Well, I wouldn't right? say that she was trying to kill kill her. She was probably roughhousing because she was well, excited. They were riding she bikes won. very fast downhill, and Rika starts kicking the Sonico's bike while they're riding. It was it was kind of nuts, right? But anyway, what happens is she wakes up in a world again, um, just like all the other arcs, except that this time none of the bad shit had happened. And her mom, for whatever reason, is the reincarnation of Oyashiro instead of her. So it's very bizarre. And and she, so Irie is not there. One, that's how they sort of set up the arc is that she wakes up in the hospital thinking, oh, I just, uh, like, I'm alive. Like, oh, I didn't die from getting hit by that car. I wake up in the hospital. I see Irie, and then Irie fades into a, a whole different doctor. It's not the Irie facility. It's a different guy. Um, all the stuff with Takano doesn't exist. Um, Rika's parents are still alive. Reina's parents are still um, together. They're not divorced. Sadako and Satoshi, um, first of all, Satoshi didn't run away. Um, Sadako and Satoshi's parents are still alive. Um, um, who's the other girl? Mion and Shion, uh, because Satoshi doesn't leave, they never have a problem, right? Um, and so everything is perfect. The only thing is that Keiichi's not there. Because apparently the way that Keiichi got transferred is that he got stressed out and started shooting kids with toy guns. So that doesn't happen. He ends up living his life fine. Basically, everything is better in this arc, except that they don't get to be around Keiichi. But they've got Satoshi, so I guess they're interchangeable, right? And uh, there comes a point where Rika wakes up again. At, so basically, she she finds an orb that Hanyu is able to speak to her through in the the tool shed, the ritual tool shrine. And, um, and she learns that there's another fragment in that world that they're going to need to find in order for Hanyu to be able to, um, restore her back to that other world, uh, where they had already averted the crisis. Right. But then it becomes, do I actually want to go back to that world? Because this world has a, is also a pretty nice place to live. My parents are still alive, all that stuff. And then it also turns out that the fragment, if it's in an object, the object needs to be destroyed. If it's in a person, the person needs to be killed in order to get the fragment out. And then it turns out that the fragment is in Rika's mom, who is still alive in this arc, right? And then there comes a point where all of a sudden Rika wakes up in a hospital bed again. This time, Irie is actually there. And then she convinces herself that that means she killed her mom. And she asks Hanyu, the world I was just in, what, what was that? Was that a dream or whatever? And then Hanyu says, yeah, that was a dream. To which Rika says, oh, no, it wasn't a dream. And I'm like, as the audience, I'm like, what the fuck are, are they trying to tell me? <laughs> you know, like, th th wasn't that bizarre? They that never was bizarre, made but I think they left. Freaking the last. I think they left it like minutes. that. The last 15 minutes of the final episode of that arc is this philosophical discussion that takes place in the hospital bed between Reina and Rika about choosing worlds when you don't actually have it. It was just the weirdest way to end the the series like that. It was I, so bizarre. I think there were tr with that confusion that you described. I think the whole goal that the writer was going for connecting back. Hold on. Can you hear me now? I, I hear you, but it's coming through the wrong thing. I had to switch uh -oh. my AirPod. I'm connected, but I don't hear it. It's not coming through the AirPod. Hold on. There we go. Can you hear me now? Keep going. If I put my mouth closer to the microphone, does it look like we're ADRing the voice? It looks like you're uh, 
trying to seduce me with um, uh, ASMR. With the microphone. But, uh, oh. It's still not coming through oh. the AirPods. Still not coming through. Yeah, hold on. Let me just disconnect. And Audience, right. can you hear me? No, they can hear you. I can hear you too. It's just coming through the uh, the speakers instead of the AirPods. Okay, try now. How about now? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, because I had to, the right one dies way quicker. Because when my wife was using uh-huh. the AirPods, that was always the the one she didn't take out when I was talking to her. So she would like, I don't know. So anyway, um, I had to charge that one midway through oh. articles. So as I was saying, I think the writer was trying to write the plot in a way that it would seem open-ended and the viewer would have a choice as if she did kill her mom or not. But I think I that was kind of sloppily done. Yeah, very sloppily because they never actually did. Like if they had if they had put a scene where the scene literally goes from in the tool shrine where she's posed with the question of which world are you going to choose? You, you know, and I, I just recommend that you don't just sit idly by and let the choice be made for you. It, it won't be fulfilling, whatever, whatever. Uh, if they had actually had that conversation happening while Rika is, let's say, holding a knife and looking in in her parents' bedroom where her mom is sleeping or something, and then it splits to her in, in bed at the facility, that would have set that up. But doing it in the tool shrine and then just immediately, that didn't make any sense. That was a very poor decision to try to set up the did she, did she not, what happened kind of thing. And why, you know? And then it became about like that dumb thing about where it's like, oh, by the way, uh, Han Yu's saying like, yeah, my daughter killed me, right? And it's like, oh, yeah, you wanted me to learn that that every time I switched world lines that I was uh, uh, killing my mom each time, you know? And it's, I just, it was really bizarre. It made no sense. And again, they talked for a good 10 to 15 minutes it, philosophically no. in that last episode in that one room. <laughs> and it's just like, I'm like the only no. other show that can do that. And I don't think this show actually did it right. But the one show that can do that is like Death Note, where it's like you sit at a bus stop the entire episode, but you keep the camera angles and the, the topic of conversation interesting enough that you don't even notice that nothing is happening kind of thing. Mm. Anyway. Now, I forgot which conclusion this had it. It was either in the end of, end of, uh, end of festival orchestrating or the end of die killing. But which one had Rika go back into the past and fix that? Was the final episode of Kai, where, where all of a sudden Rika as an adult shows up and tells Mio as a kid like do you want to live or die (laughs) which is a weird thing to ask a kid when she says live then she tells her to do one thing and then she says what if I die or whatever she tells her to do the other thing and then she doesn't die her parents also don't die even though the accident still happens (laughs) and then she like it that made no sense at all that was a dumb thing we should we should tell uh, FDM to come back uh, you even see that? I don't think he saw that. I'm telling him through Facebook message because we will. Okay. Ah, I have came to back, right. and I have a really important update. What's up? Uh, <laughs> God damn it! Hold on. Is that Hold is on. that Hitler? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to show you the Hitler that was in the show, but. <laughs> From Kai, like, I I'm pretty no, we, sure I know that. 
I I that, that didn't make it into the, the Twitter moment somehow. I, I took a picture of that too, and I said I said just in case you didn't hate Takano enough, uh, she's friends with literal Hitler. <laughs> yeah. And uh, real quick, um, something I didn't mention about when they cried I was how. Uh, I would have liked it if we could have somehow gotten some explanation on Satoshi or whatever aftermath of him finally waking up and having a touching moment of Nini, you're back or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Um, um, I'm surprised how many words I could read without hearing audio from your lips. Is all I have to say. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay, I one, found the Hitler one detail I forgot to mention was uh, with mass slaughter and festival orchestrating, you kind of do need to watch Wasting Time to get to get some more details that came from it. Right when I watched it, yeah. When I watched it the second time, I I thought, yeah, this does seem a bit time wasting. I can see why, but it does have some things that are important. And Akasaka, he came through to the very end. I was happy when he came back. And I think he was so important to Rika spontaneously because he was like the only person that she could rely on because there's police officers that's like, or whatever. What's his name? Tomitake? It's like, she'd say stuff to Tomitake, for example, and be like, seriously, they're going to kill you? You're going to die? And what's her name's going to die? And he's like, yeah, okay, sure, little girl type thing. But he pretends that, yeah, I believe you. But Akasaka, she saved, he, yeah, she saved his wife from dying and predicted all those things that Akasaka witnessed. It's like he is the only one that is truly going to believe Rika and stuff. And the way that he pulled through being his badassness, I was like, oh, couldn't find a more suitable way for him to come back in. <laughs> Very good, Lance. <laughs> um, so his uh, quote badassness was actually just his quote Deus ex machinaness. <laughs> sure, that is absolutely true, but I don't care just because it's Akasaka. That's <laughs> that's all I gotta say. Ocean season two wasn't stupid. Actually, you know what? That that guy with the ponytail that was the bad guy, I. I kind of yeah. admired his spirit. They just—he just gave up. He's like, "That's enough. We're done." They he recognized they he was beaten. Yeah. 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 Okay. Is We're there in... anything that we have not? Yes, there's stuff we talked about through Facebook message that we haven't discussed regarding the uh, the incredibly dumb Kasai and uh, Shion with the Kalashnikov. Am I am I on crack? But in the English dub for season one, did, was he pronounced Kansai or was did I just forget that he was pronounced Kasai or whatever? Uh, let me see. I wasn't a part of that conversation. What what y'all say? There's oh, that me, character uh, called. We'll, we'll bring it up Kasai, in a minute. You know, I'm looking up. Who's me? She owns. Uh, but oh yeah, the other thing I forgot is uh, in season one, do they mention? How did they mention the clarify the Mion Shion switching thing? Actually, did they ever explain the demon tattoo on Shion? The, the only thing that you would see from that is her dying just before the purge happened. Okay, so how how did they explain them switching or whatever? What, what do you mean the, switching? 
that Mion and Shion switched? Was it just those that simple deception that Shion was posing as Mion? That was just forth? for that. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm because the official thing is that they were actually they actually are switched or something like that because uh, I didn't Shion's actual that. name is Mion and Mion is actually Shion. Like, that's what the wiki told me. At a certain point, does it even matter? It's just... Like, <laughs> because if they have been switched, then the way that we know them is by the personalities we associate with those names. Right. I was just wondering if they brought it up. Uh, I think that was only relevant in the... What was that art called? Cotton Drifting and Eye Opening. Not sure. Because <laughs> she... The twin had to obtain the identity of the other in order to get more information as to what's going on. Yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. That was only for that one arc where she utilized the fact that she was a twin to her advantage. Because otherwise, why put a twin in your show? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not gonna if you're not going to use that as a plot device, why even do it? Um, what else did... Did y'all talk about? Um, well, how dumb it was. So, first of all, their plan fell apart so quickly. And I can't believe that they thought it would even work about trying to convince Takano that Rika had already died 48 hours or more earlier. Right? It made no sense at all. Because the idea was that if Takano thinks that Rika died more than 48 hours earlier and people didn't succumb to Hinamizawa syndrome, then it would mean that, uh, then it would mean that the hypothesis was wrong and everything. But how freaking long would you have to wait before you resurface in society? Also the entire society thinks you're dead because of the police report, right? So Rika's basically condemning herself to living, um, a life, uh, without ever coming back. Right? I think they were just trying to make it past the Cotton Drifting Festival because after that is gone, then she can't use the guise of, oh, they were spirited away by the demon or something. Yeah, but they also they also didn't make it past that point. Literally, like, the day before the Cotton Drifting Festival, those women in town were talking to Dr. Irie about whether or not Rika would be well enough. And he's like... Uh, she just has a cold or something. And I'm like, you guys are doing a terrible job setting up your lie, first of all, you know? And then the thing falls yeah. apart so quickly because they see Akasaka, who is literally just in the house to turn the lights on. So it looked like people were in there. And it's like, it just, it was so r ridiculous. They should have just left Sadako in the house. Do you think you know, that that's... The intent that they made it made holes in their plan so it could be exploited. It just fell apart so fast. It fell apart so fast, and then also, um, wow, the uh, camera's been on you forever. <laughs> um, it fell apart so Dude. fast, and um, and then uh, the um, the actual incident where they get Rika. To first of all, how did how did Akasaka get spotted, but not Rika and Sadako leaving the house that one time? You know. Second of all, how come they didn't have Rika if they got Rika out of there earlier? Why wasn't she already in the custody of the the Sonozaki family in the um, underground area? 
right? Uh, thirdly, when they when the guys got in there, and then they uh, and then they were that was the part where Kasai and uh, Shion were gonna shoot them with Kalashnikovs and stuff. Um, and so they they go down the ladder, which theoretically goes on forever, right? Because halfway down, which how does that work? They uh, there's a grotto. Right, a little a little cave that you can step off in, and that was another escape tunnel. Right, literally, if they had just gone down that ladder and gone through there, the ch like all of them, Kasai and and Shion as well, the chances of the other guys that were chasing after them finding that grotto quickly and not exhausting a whole bunch of other searching areas, they would have already escaped, or if they couldn't escape getting all those guys to have to come down there and just shooting them as soon as they came in view on the ladder is another, i just, they picked the worst strategy, not to mention the fact that um, it, when they first got in, they blew the door off the thing. They're like, hold up tripwires everywhere. Right. And then you hear the explosions are like, they're inside. Right. And it's like, why not claymores and shit down in the grotto? <laughs> it just was such a dumb thing. That whole thing was so dumb, and then they and then they get out, and um, it's, it's like they set up that entire premise just for Akasaka to to show up and Deus Ex Machina things away. I think they set up two fails, so it wasn't as uh, linear, I guess. Hmm. That's exactly what I said. They should have put grease on the ladder. <laughs> Although I gave I gave them the benefit of the doubt because of the way that the ladder was designed, you literally didn't have to hold on to the poles. You could have you could have held on to the. It would have been I wouldn't wanted to use that ladder at all because it wasn't actually a ladder. It was two poles yeah. on either side and a uh, a bunch of rungs cracked into the rock that you would use as the. It, it didn't seem like so. I guess you're holding with your hands here going like this and your feet are stepping into the the grooves um but yeah the other thing they could have done was they could have they could have slid down the pole um to to get down there a little bit quicker um and then let the guys come down and they would probably take in the grotto or whatever i mean there's just there were so many things they could have done that seemed very dumb i mean in a way it's more authentic because it's like in the heat of the moment you're not That's coming what I'm up saying. with the best the best solutions and stuff, but it just seemed like like how quickly it just totally fell apart, and and stuff that was very easily um, predictable that it was that th this plan is not going to work, you know, like Akasaka should have never left. He should have. They should have had him hide yeah. in the area up in the up in the um, the the ceiling that she put Sadako in in that one arc in the first season, right? I don't know why Rika didn't go up into that thing to begin with in that uh the second arc or whenever it was I, I think eventually I think eventually they would have found it was the the idea and then Rika being up there with Sadako would have caused both of them to die. The point of it was that she's like you stay here. If I leave they'll come after me and then you'll be able to escape. That was the point. So eventually I do think they would have found Akasaka up there. But I just feel like um yeah. I feel like he could have uh like if they had if they had put an axe up there like there's a there's a um there's a thing called the axe in the attic and it's sort of like this it's literal but also sort of metaphorical to being to preparedness about this idea that during uh hurricane katrina um so there's like traditions that 
society develops. And one of them was to keep an ax in the attic in, in areas where they have like these hurricanes and whatnot. Um, because years past, they've had hurricanes as severe as, as like, let's say Hurricane Katrina, where the levees broke and, and all the water flooded things to where like people were on the roof of their house trying to get rescue kind of thing, where people would, as the water would rise, they would leave an ax in the attic so that once the water got that high, you could chop through the ceiling and get out. But over the years, with all these all these years and years and years of having not very bad hurricanes, not, nothing that made it necessary, people eventually got to the point where they're like, I don't know why this axe is in the attic. So they take it and they put it in the shed down down in the in the yard or whatever. Uh, and then when the storm finally did come and the axe wasn't there, pe people drowned, right? And it's like, if, if they did something similar, put an axe in the attic, um, he could have probably gotten out. Although, if you think about it, the noise probably would have drawn attention or explosives. And I don't know. It just... We don't need to rationalize it uh, this to this degree, but there's just it seemed it seemed reasonable because he just left. He literally just ran out and avoided getting shot or or detained by by the. I just it just seemed like a very weak plot point. I wonder how it translated from the visual novel, and I'm also wondering how the hell they illustrated it through the visual novel. All of those the action things. Because who knows, maybe that was all made up for the anime, but I don't know. I'm looking at Lance talking about his uh, his um, yeah, his power went out. Might be in Florida. I grew up around construction. You would use the rums for just that second, and then that would be enough. Oh, okay. So you're saying that um, referring thing, you would switch to the or attach a welding clamp to it. Huh. What other points should we go over? Or are we at a close? I, I, well, because this is such a long show and I've been so busy, I made sure to be watching it over the course of the two weeks. I don't remember half the stuff from the early parts. Um, I'm not going to lie. After watching season one, season the other stuff, just I was able to watch it like, Wednesday of last week. Yeah, I mean, I it, had I not been working, I could have easily just marathoned the whole thing. I'm just saying that because I didn't have as much time to devote to watching, I had to like parcel it out so that I wouldn't right. waste an entire day watching it instead of getting work done. So it it went by pretty fast for me as well. I like uh i didn't finish it in the first sitting but when i was at work the next time i was just thinking of the show the entire time i'm like oh, i want to know what happens next nah. <laughs> tell me so with with this arc because there were fewer or with this season because there were fewer arcs it felt to me as though um less happened question mark? No, no it felt so a problem with the arcs in the first season is that the they are slow to begin with um, and it, it doesn't really like the first episode of, of each arc doesn't really hold your attention, but then it starts to get interesting and you're sort of glued to the TV with this, um, season. I felt like it was, um, I was glued to the TV more often because I wasn't resetting every couple of episodes to, to a new arc where they have like the do nothing episode in the beginning. That's true. Yeah. The first you know, arc. You haven't said have... anything this whole, uh. This whole watch club. Do you have anything you want to bring up about the? He'd only be echoing us. No. <laughs> uh, I was basically just like waiting because I'm like, oh, they might have important stuff, and that's why they're, uh, you know, that's why I haven't been addressed yet. But uh, 
Yeah, I guess overall thoughts, since that's what we've been talking about, or you guys are talking about, uh, I think Kai is easier to watch in a long session because of the lack of like repeating arcs, but I don't think it's nearly as interesting as the first season. I agree. Uh, Kai not only answers the mystery, which kind of ruins part of the point, but it, it, it even the arcs it does have either are kind of just like, oh, okay, whatever, it's focusing on a character I don't care about, or... It's like, oh, this is an interesting arc, but I know it's just going to reset, so they're going to spend, like, ten episodes trying to save Sadako, and it's not going to matter. But uh, yeah. I found the Sadako also, thing a bit redundant. Yeah, that was such yeah. a bizarre arc, especially... it. The thing that blew my mind the most about it was when... Because it was supposed to be suspenseful when they were talking on the phone, and um, Sadako's uncle was right behind her and stuff, and I it worked out, but it just seemed to me like why are you having this conversation in this room far away from where she is? Like, why isn't Oishi at the door? You know what I mean? And it just seemed like, it seemed like such a dumb strategic, strategically, tactically, it seemed like a dumb way to do it. Um, but it all worked out in that Oishi was talking. Well, to it's because uh, uh, Rika had to tell Sadako, Hey, we got all this support and all that crap. And you can't, do that when the uncle is just sitting right there or whatever. But uh, yeah, I think that it felt a bit annoying how it was so repetitive with the whole back and forth of, oh, we swear she's getting beaten up. Go to the par the guidance, whatever. And so they keep going back and mm. forth. And it's like, we've already keep, kind keep of... Keep in mind this was 1983. So... I mean, sure, but the I... Repetitiveness there, but it made sense to intensify well, the Stress of the child being abused. And right. Like, it made sense, but I felt like that was a bit of a side uh, distraction. Yeah. From the worst part about it was that the entire reason for her taking the abuse was that he was threatening to change up Satoshi's room. I know that. that yeah. It's not that it seemed unreasonable because she was psychotic and all that crap, but it felt like, man, can you just give up that room or something? <laughs> but, um... Overall, though, even after that, a bit of a redundancy, it did. I did feel a bit of a payoff, like a good payoff, once it finally happened. How she got freed from all that. I'm not sure if it's because it was the buildup of the redundancy, or yeah, not. Yeah, that that's actually an interesting point because um, if that was such a big issue in all the arcs. In some of the arcs, okay, because the uncle came back in that arc. Is that how it worked? He came back, wonder, yeah. I wonder what happened to that house in the in all the arcs where where she was just living with Rika. Also, how funny was it seeing Rika drinking wine? <laughs> I was <laughs> I I on you. Wine or juice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's technically she's technically like over a hundred. She's lived over a hundred lives, but as a as a body, like she's like she looks like she's five. You know. <laughs> yeah. True. That was so funny. Uh, going, going back to the abuse arc, to what I really liked about it wasn't the abuse part, but instead of the whole town trying to kill at each other, the whole town grouped up together. Yeah, right. it kind of reminded me of that arc in um, Salaryman Kentaro towards the end when the whole, like, like literally every gang member in all of Japan shows up behind the... Oh, yeah. uh, Kintaro. Good show. Uh, Lance, nice. I do not envy you. He says um, he was trapped in his home for this, uh, was it Hurricane Michael? 
Was that the, the one? Uh, and he said That's he had to chainsaw himself out of his front yard. His place got so screwed that Meals on Wheels showed up with the plate. Bad memories. I If I was living in Tornado Alley or someplace like that, I wouldn't even collect. Like, what's the point? You know, <laughs> unless my collection was in my, my shelter, my Tornado uh, shelter, like, what's the point? You know? Tailing off of how the group, uh, the town came together. I, I think Augie was talking about this when we first started talking about Kai, but I just, I just want to go back to how all the characters, they kind of redeem themselves or they improve what they screwed up in the first season, like how uh, Keiichi gave the doll to Mion and all of this stuff. Yeah. And it felt exactly the same way like how Satoko got her uncle issue solved. It felt like, oh my god, yes, this has finally happened. It felt rewarding, I guess you could say, when that happened and the characters sure. approved. And, and another, to that point, another kind of thing that's sort of interesting about this is it's the idea that, like, in a Groundhog Day scenario, which is basically what Rika's living through, um, it's kind of like, it's like the idea of um, finding out how to solve the problem, but in the recess, like, gotta do that every freaking time now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> That reminds me of all you need is kill. Yeah, um, that's a, that's a little bit different though because that's you're not solving the problem in as many steps. That's like one day, you know. Well, well the thing the is, he has to go to the Smith guy and say, "Oh, I need yeah, this." Yeah, and convincing every convincing time. Rita every single time, like, and doing <laughs> the push-ups in the oh my god, that would just be such a every single time. I mean, assuming that he comes back. Uh, with the energy level, this the correct like reset fresh energy level every time it wouldn't be as bad, <coughs> but I can't even imagine how how much that's got to suck um, for that particular storyline. Anyway, do you guys have anything else you want to uh, cover here? I did think of another thing, but I instantly forgot. I need to check my email. That's story. because you're tired. Probably. Yeah. Uh, I have nothing unless y'all have something. Uh, the opening for the second season wasn't nearly as good as the opening for the first season. Agreed. I skipped uh, it every same time. With, uh, yeah. Same with Ray. Yeah, it had a weird opening. Although I don't, I know that technically they consider it season three, but I don't consider it season three. It's yeah. it's like a, an OVA. I mean, it is technically okay. an OVA. We're gonna finish this right yeah. before my uh, my contact in London gets in for work. Perfect right. timing, guys. Although the only issue is that we're gonna we're gonna like we're probably gonna have half the watch time we need um, for this month. But uh, oh, that sucks. Uh, to me, for the opening or the well, the opening and ending, it's sadly it's for me it's there. I. Nobody I can said listen to it. I can not. Yeah. No, I mean overall, it's to me the music's just there. It's not the worst thing in the world. But it's not something I would rave at a party to either. Um, I remember Duo how you said whenever the Higurashi theme came on for season one, I was like trying to pay attention. Is this the Higurashi theme he was talking about? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I need to hear 
the exact clip to know which one. But there was this oh. one that played a lot, and it it worked really well in a couple of scenes. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna find the uh, the theme for you so I can <laughs> send you what I'm talking about. I'm going through. <laughs> I'm going through the tweets to Elon Musk regarding him saying he liked your name. Somebody says, so Elon, I see you like anime too. Have you watched Jojo? To which somebody replied, or Boku no Pico. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Of course not. I would rather that not become something that becomes even more known than it is. He uses all <laughs> his money in the world to freaking make a 500 episode series of Boku no Pico. No. I never. <laughs> I, I, Are you all overreacting to the show? That show is done. They're not going to make more of that show. I thought it had a sequel. It has two different episodes, but they're like additional. And then they technically have. Wait a they have two? like series they've made after, but they're not related to Volcano Pico. Wait, they have like. But the train has stopped. They're not making any more of that show. Yeah, okay. I'm. I was just bringing up that it was funny. Somebody is trying to get. Uh... Dude, there's three Lance episodes. Lance is referencing The Office. Yeah, there's three episodes of it. Yeah, I thought you said two a second ago. I'm still looking for oh, this yeah, I found tweet it. with with the. Uh... With the picture of the SpaceX explosion, I can't. I I can't believe I didn't save that when I when I first saw it. People are asking if he's seen um, a silent voice, like as if that is anywhere near as good as your name. Ah, uh, dude, the thing that sucks about that one is like it only. I feel like it's only as impactful for people who can relate to it because I couldn't relate at all to any of like the the issues. And it was just I was just confused constantly by every choice that was made. I haven't I just, watched it yet. All that bothered me was they just didn't call each other. <laughs> I felt like I, I felt I like a silent voice had all it had all the proper puzzle pieces, but and and this is not to say that Naoko Yamada is not talented. It just seemed like at that point in her career, she didn't know how to assemble the pieces correctly. From that point, I think she's gotten better and did an amazing job with Liz and the Bluebird. But with that one, it just felt like all the pieces were there, and it it I wanted to like it so much, and I and I I appreciated what they did with it in the English dub, actually hiring a deaf person to play the character. I was totally on board with all that, but it just it 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 didn't live up at all to what I thought it could have been. If it doesn't yeah, make an much. end that wraps things up, like the manga had no ending, then I, I can't see it being that great. Well, I mean, it'll be enjoyable for what it is, but it won't be satisfying if it has no freaking conclusion. Gosh, this must... So uh, is there I anything bet, I bet Elon else we can say about Higurashi? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of a thing that Lance? pops in my head. Yeah, what's the question, Lance? Ask us Lance Powers. You have enough oxygen. I love how everybody in the in the uh, Elon Musk thing, they're asking, what are your thoughts on this? And then somebody obviously, they're not talking to you. They're talking to Elon Musk and all these people are like, here's my thoughts on it. Let me offer up my thoughts on that show. <laughs> anyway. Um, Why so do you watch anime? Because we love it. 
Yeah, Duo, that's the theme that I thought that you were saying was the Higurashi theme. That that works so well in some situations because it's like all sense of hope is lost, but then at the very end, it's like a glimmer of hope. I can look for this in the blah, blah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's like one of my favorite tracks from any anime. Uh, it, it just like, it not only fits perfectly, but it just, I don't know. It, there's something about the sound of it. It's Yeah, it feels so offset, off-putting and stuff. Yeah, and so like that's why I like it so much. <laughs> but um, I don't know. It, it's just like that. It, 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 I'm pretty sure if you like, I was pretty sure you had heard the theme, and that was the one you were thinking of, just because it does play a whole lot. Right. I actually bought the soundtrack for season one, and I think that was one of the tracks, and I knew it before I paid attention to it in the show after rewatching it. Oh, okay. cool. Why do you why do you watch anime? <laughs> I, I yeah, think Lance. why do why do we do anything? It's entertaining, you know. <laughs> it's yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, I guess it would <clears throat> depend uh, individually on the actual uh, show by show basis. Like, why do I watch this show? Oh, because I it was five bucks <laughs> when I bought it. <laughs> yeah, I went through all the replies. I don't see any of the. Uh, I don't see the tweet, unfortunately. It's lost no. forever. <laughs> it's lost to time. So, uh, next podcast Mob will Psycho? be on next November podcast. 1st. And we November are watching 1st. Mob Psycho 100. I've already written Mob and Psycho 100. Already written a review for that, so I won't have how, to worry. How long is Mob Psycho? Is that a twenty-six or twelve? Twelve episodes. No. Twelve. Okay. So, um, in Arrow Manga Sensei is twenty-four or twelve. Twelve. Okay. Twelve. What's after that? Oh, um, no. Haunted Junction, I think. Haunted Junction, twelve or thirteen. Okay, so this is actually good for me. It seems like we're going to be. Yeah, we're, we're not interested. watching over 20 episodes. You're not yes. watching 75 episodes of Breaking Bad. I mean, he back. does want to watch Index and Railgun. <laughs> yeah, just not while I'm yeah, in the I'm middle gladly of, watch of Railgun. work. Then I, I am probably going to be working every day for the next two weeks straight. So Let's watch Ronmo in half. That sounds like a short watch. You're damn straight. All right, let me uh, pull up the uh, watch club thing. I just want to... I, I updated it for the first time in forever. It turned out we still had the Steinsgate <laughs> uh, watch club thing on there. Um, so Mob Psycho 100, Aramanga Sensei, Haunted Junction, then Sentimental Journey. Uh, and the other one, Jormungan's not in here. That's weird. I could have sworn band. I added that. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. I, 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 I believe you. Being serious, you watch it because it's literally a stress reliever for you. Um I, I mean, I can't say that that's not, uh, that that's not a, a valid reason why. Um, although I will say that a lot of times, um, due to collecting and whatnot, it actually is stress-inducing, like with trying to fit it in for the podcast while also trying to get all this work done um, has been very stress-inducing. So um, hold on to whatever uh, is about it that allows it to relieve your stress because that's something you don't want to lose for sure. Anyway, so uh, I guess we can wrap things up unless you guys have anything else you want to discuss. I have another... Please like, 
like, comment, subscribe, share, yes. listen. And if, and if you're following this, or if you're listening to this on the audio only podcast, which I, I think I said this earlier, it's been submitted to uh, iTunes. It hasn't been approved yet, but I'm sure it will be in the next couple of days. Um, and then you'll be able to subscribe to it through the RSS feed over there. Um, although I'm hoping, I'm I'm really hoping that everybody who listens to it from the audio podcast comes to the video form of the podcast through the channel, um, which you can find quickly at ocapodcast.com, which will redirect you to the um, to the playlist for the podcast on YouTube, which you can then find the channel and hit the notification bell and everything for. But um, I'm What's really hoping name? that I'm really hoping that the uh, that the audio version existing doesn't make everybody who who gives us the watch time on the video version just leave and start using the audio one um oh thank you see hey, what's the channel called <laughs> the anime collector i said that at the beginning of the uh podcast everybody knows that by now yeah but um, this is right. hopefully the end yeah so we're going to uh end things now thank you guys again for watching and we will see you on november 1st once again this podcast is every other thursday um, and uh, the audio podcast is going to be delayed by probably uh, about a day or so. Anyway, see you guys then.